0: Hey, this is Nobody, popping in before the show to give you another content warning. Uh, we do have some more Needle Talk this week, that's going to start at around 19 minutes 15 seconds, and go through 20 minutes 40 seconds. We also have some spoilers for Amphibia Season 2 in this episode, that's going to start around 1 hour 19 minutes, and then end around 1 hour 21 minutes 30 seconds. Finally, we do kind of run wild with the spoilers for Owl House Season 2 in this episode, And I realize we haven't really been delicate about that up till now, but it's just hog wild from here on out, so apologies if that's something you were trying to avoid. Other than that, I have nothing, so I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, a show where a couple of weirdos talk all about the Owl House. I'm Nobody, and joining me is the most wanted criminal in the Boiling Isles, it's Quill. Hey, Quill. Hey, Dad.
1: And right, not only
0: that, but we have a guest today. Uh, from Audio Entropy's Eidolon Playtest and Teenies with Attitude, it's Mike. How are you?
1: hey, I'm I'm feeling good. I binged uh, a season and a half of a children's cartoon over the course of two days.
0: Yeah, I'm just, not going to lie. We were pretty impressed by that. Yeah, but also, aren't you kind of
2: just used to that by now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it just, you know, I, I, I have a schedule where two days out of the week, I just spend a lot of time playing Final Fantasy XIV and have something going on the other monitor. And so I was like, fuck it, sure. Uh, cartoon lesbians, let's go.
2: Yeah, I mean, you would have been quite lost if you had jumped in with the season one finale, is the thing.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, listen, if I didn't have the time to actually catch up, like, I I would have been willing to do that and just let y'all give me a summary, but, like... Yeah, I mean, that I, was my I, plan. I, I wanted I was to get
0: to the... Like, summarize the key points and send them to you as, a, like, a fanfic doc. Yeah, or even <laughs> just, like,
2: link you to the Owl House Wikipedia article or something. Their summaries <laughs> for
1: episodes that are much shorter than ours. <laughs> All right. I mean, I, I would certainly hope so. If if a if a wiki summary takes anywhere near as long <laughs> as a podcast where people get together to you know discuss something, that that'd be fucking just wild. I mean, I I have a lot of experience in this in this kind of thing. Uh, like like y'all mentioned, I am on a podcast called Teenagers with Attitude. We've been doing it for I want to say about six years now. Uh, we just finished what's called it's a Power Rangers rewatch podcast, and we just finished what's called the Zordon era. Uh, which is like the three seasons of Mighty Morphin, uh, and then the Alien Rangers, and then Zeo, and then Turbo, and then In Space. And then that, that season ends, uh, spoiler warning for a children's show from 20 years ago, <laughs> it ends with Zordon dying. Um, and then it, from that point on, uh, continuity becomes a lot less of a thing in the show. Uh, <laughs> and it, it, they, get to the, they start doing what the Sentai, the, Sentai is the Japanese show that they're based on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start doing the same thing that Sentai does, where they have each season be disconnected. And thank God, because they were the way they were having to justify everybody suddenly getting new costumes and powers <laughs> and stuff every year was was getting a little silly. Like it's so much simpler if it's just a different group of people each time. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Which I mean, I also just thought that was what Power Rangers was for the most part. I was always just disconnected. I didn't realize they like went by the same continuity for ages. Oh, they tried.
1: Oh yeah, no. In fact, they like they uh like oh, we could we could uh, really get into it if you want but uh there's this whole thing where like in the early going uh they wouldn't do a clean break of the cast usually a cast member would leave basically when they decided they were done with the show and usually not on good terms mm. you know like Either they just decided they weren't getting paid enough, or they were getting into fights with the production team, or in the case of, uh, infamously, uh, David Yost, who played Billy, the, the first Blue Ranger, uh, deciding he didn't want to take any more homophobic abuse from the crew anymore, oh, uh, and, and just fucking walked off the set. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, so there, there's some, sh- like, and again, this is this is stuff I'm just intimately familiar with at this point, because I've spent years slowly going through this show that was never meant to be analyzed or discussed in this way. <laughs> right. Like, like here's here's the difference between what I do over there and what y'all do over here. This is a good show with deliberate <laughs> continuity and lore that wants you to pay attention to what's happening. And there's probably a lore Bible somewhere and, like, they planned out the story and... I mean, obviously, behind-the-scenes shit with Disney is going to ultimately probably derail any plans they had, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, but, like, they had a plan. Power Rangers, it's very clear that they were making it up as they went along
0: for (laughs) all of it. To be honest, I'm not so sure about this one, because, like, in the first four or five episodes of our show a lot of what we talk about is just how stuff doesn't make sense with the continuity that comes later I mean,
2: well yeah but i also feel like that was kind of just more it being a weird early installment like maybe they like had an idea in like the first half and then they kind of deviated a bit from that because i mean like if we, we, so, the, we were bringing up how things like were weird and didn't make a lot of sense back in like episode 10 when we were talking about how edith says that she carved uh, her palisman, but that she got her staff from school back in episode four, or whatever it was.
1: <laughs> well, so they the, it, it makes sense that like probably the school, fa- as I understand it, the school facilitated the carving by giving you the special wood that it's made from, and then like teach like helping teach you how to carve it, and then they straight up like in the newer seasons they say we were doing this adopt a palisman system because mm-hmm. there's straight up not enough of the wood left to go yeah. around because the emperors. Fucking doing whatever. Yeah, he, he So I don't think that's his... necessarily a contradiction in itself. But also, it, it kind of gets into the weirdness of, like, this is still ultimately a show for children. Yeah. So, like, my, my fucking, like, 37-year-old brain is looking at this <laughs> and going, like, it's weird that there's a hard magic system when the plot is happening and a soft magic system when there's jokes. and then <laughs> But I have to remember, like, again, this is a show for children. And the reason the magic system kind of falls apart during the jokes is... Is because they're jokes, yeah. <laughs> and I have I had to you know not dwell on it so much. It's like how even like um,
2: last week we were like, why is Crom not actually stay consistent when he transforms into people? Like sometimes he like takes like the goo silhouette, and other times he's like a full being. Like he's like replicating the cats and like the guy, the reply guy's on the phone, but he just takes like the goop form of like loose and everything. And then we're like, well, I mean, yeah. this is obviously Grom is an ally and isn't gonna like fully out amity for being gay. <laughs> and it's like, you know, there's like a goofy thing like that where it's like, yeah, that's probably not what they meant because it's like obviously it was supposed to be a little bit more like not as obvious to lose at the time. So it's like whatever they yeah, yeah. they accommodate for that, but at the same time it's just funny to be like, Oh yeah, Grom isn't gonna out people.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's def- there's definitely some stuff where you just kinda have to and i I don't want to say it as an excuse, but it's on on some points you kind of have to just be. Like, and again, this is the exact opposite of what we do over on Mutant <laughs> Attitude, where we are like deliberately trying to make "quote unquote" make sense of something senseless. We're we're, we're kind of almost like I, I don't I don't think we're this brain dead about it, but like we're kind of doing a cinema sense thing where we're looking at something that is clearly not designed to make sense and like trying to force it to make sense. Yeah, uh, and getting into some weird bullshit theories. Like we we have this whole thing about how like the ranger suits are actually their skin uh don't ask <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, and it's... just it's it's a whole fucking to-do but like but in, in this show like it's you j- you just kind of have to roll with it you just kind of have to operate on on like the child like dream logic for a lot of the weirder stuff yeah. and um
2: but uh, it, that, it that does just, at the least like about like 80 to 85 percent of the show like stays consistent with like what it's established mm-hmm. since the start <laughs> it's another like 15 to 20 that's like sometimes they have to play a little bit loosey with of it
1: <laughs> yeah, well, something uh, something I, I do want to touch on that really, really, really fits into this idea of, like, you have to approach it from that framework is the way Luz's uh, relationship with her mom is portrayed, because, like, basically the only sense, that, and I'm sure she has other reasons, but the only reason for Luz not wanting anything bad to happen to the human world that we're given is that she loves her mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, when we're told that, like, her mom's important to her, we just kind of have to take her word for it, because we don't really see much of her mom in in the show. And what little we see in the first season isn't great. Like, (laughs) like, second season, kind of getting ahead of things, we get a lot more of her mom, and she does turn out to be really good. But, like, for now, we just kind of have to take Luz's word that her mom's a good mom, and, like... If you're a kid, that's easier to buy. Like, oh, yeah, of course her mom loves her. It's her mom!
2: It's kind of of why, like, one of the big debates that keeps happening sometimes in, like, outlaws communities is talking about whether Mm Kamiya is a good mom or not. And it's like, you know, you kind of can, like, just overanalyze a little bit of, like, is she, like, accidentally, like, mistreating Luce? Mm, I don't think that's the intended goal, but it's also kind of hard not to see it as that when, like... I mean, that last conversation which we'll get to in five episodes time, it's like a lot of like, oh, it just kind of comes across in a little bit of she's not listening to what Luce is trying to tell her. And obviously Luce didn't have enough time to fully articulate it because she had to say V and everything. Yeah, Yeah, But but it does kind of... Even the first
0: time Camilla shows up, she's sending Luce to metaphorical conversion therapy. (laughs) Yeah, and like grilling her about how she doesn't have real friends. And it's like,
2: leave leave your kid alone. She clearly has trouble at school.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm also... Yeah, at the the same time, like I, I... that does strike me more as, like, not callousness so much as, like, just kind of a mistake that she felt. Like, because the school's just like, look, you, you you need to fucking do something about your kid, yeah. lady. Yeah, this, this like, school... this is out of control. She brought snakes, venomous snakes, apparently, <laughs> into the school. So,
2: yeah. But it's like, I mean, again, like, this is something that's actually going to tie into the artist of the week because I'm doing something a little different. I'm actually going to be plugging a fanfic instead, which is an interesting one because it actually does get a lot into, like, mm-hmm. Luce's school life. But we'll get there in like what, two and a half hours. <laughs> this is we'll gonna be see. a long fucking yeah. about... one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not to spoil that but, surprise. Yeah, sorry, doing something different with that.
1: <laughs> sorry to completely derail everything, and, and I'm sorry I'm kind of hogging this. And I'll, I'll there is one other thing about like sort of my experience going like binging this show mm-hmm. that I do want to touch on mm-hmm. that does make the show feel different compared to like a lot of other kids' media past and present that I've encountered, and it's that there are there are archetypes, types of characters in the show that I would normally find utterly obnoxious and grating that this show does very well. Like, there are a lot of shows that have characters like Hootie Mm -hmm. and characters like King, and in most shows where that kind of character shows up, I fucking hate them. (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean...
2: yeah, King at least, as we, as we mentioned before in other episodes, and talk about, about like, oh, it's like, oh, I can't wait till we pass past King being a bit of an ass, because like, he kind of stays an ass through like episode 14, but even in episode 14, he has some introspection of like, is this really the right thing to do? Mm, not really, and he accidentally squirts him with the, the shrinking spray and whatnot, and feels bad about it immediately. But at least, like, it's, like, past then, it's like, oh, okay, at least we're past that, King gets a lot better, especially starting in episode three of season two, like,
1: he really starts to reevaluate himself, which is like,
2: thank you, thanks, (laughs) because I never really cared much for King until
1: then. And then it feels very weird to say that one of, if not my favorite episode of the show so far, is the one that's around, that's that's about Hootie. Yeah, it's, it's the Hootie
2: episode. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I mean, if you're talking about the season two one, so many people were so convinced that it was going to be a fucking filler episode, and it's like, no, no, <laughs> no. That's so many important yeah, things yeah, happened there, is, both for the plot and for yes, character development. That is the biggest fucking episode, it's like an episode that's the really
0: one. <laughs> Like, even in this show, I think it would be a mistake to say that Foodie is, like, embraced by the community, but he's at least tolerated, I guess.
2: Yeah, like, I mean, some people, like my friend Greg, who I mentioned earlier, absolutely hate Hootie. (laughs) Like, he just doesn't like him at all. But it's like... It's weird, because it's... it's... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but like, for the most part, like, Hootie is, like, kind of just a background character. Like, he's not really, like, as prominent, which I feel like is the point of knocking on on Hootie's door, because he wants to be more involved. Yeah. But, like, I don't it's, I don't know. It's, like, Hootie's just, like, he's... Except for, like, I guess, like, the biggest role he really has in any other episodes are, like, in episode 6 and 12 when he's, like, part of the moving house and when he's, like, hanging out with King about the boot camp and whatnot. But those are more, like, side yeah. things. Like, it's just, oh, well, Hootie is just, like, animated by magic and walking around now. We gotta oh. figure out how to get him back home. I
0: mean, he's not 17 he's a plot device. He just scoops up Lilith out in the forest and drops her in the house so they can play sports. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and like, it, it's so weird because, again, this archetype of character who's got a weird voice and is very stupid, and, like, all of the other characters, like, explicitly, canonically, like, find him annoying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like even it's, even it's Luz, very hard to make a character like that. Like, even yeah.
2: with loose, Gus, and Willow, and I, I actually doesn't mean, like, he just bothers me. <laughs> he's, like, he, he's just so disturbing. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: But the, yeah, I know. I, I still like Rudy a lot. Like I like how like he gets a little bit more to do in season two, especially when he like goes on the trip with them in episode three and whatnot.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But, it's good. But yeah, I've I've come in and, and commandeered your podcast enough, so yeah, that,
0: I will. I will. No, that's okay. like, Step you're, back you're, a bit. You're, you're how uh, by All this. means that's what we're here to talk about. <laughs> yeah,
2: we're here to talk about the good gay with show.
0: Exactly,
1: yeah. and it is very good, and it is very gay, and it is extremely a
0: show <laughs> i don't think anyone can deny any of those things
2: <laughs> well i mean there was that one exact that I, like told them that the show doesn't fit the disney brand and everything because like true I mean, one of the bi- but <laughs> he did not it?
0: say that it wasn't good or gay or a show he just said it didn't fit
2: <laughs> fair but yeah. but some part of that you just can't help but read of like oh well it's the queer disney show that like it's actually more explicit about it than any other disney show <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's not really any other way to read that. No. There really isn't. Unless
2: you're like places like uh I think it was Taiwan who did the let's dress up and travel together instead of do you want to go out with me.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. But also like again, the, he, he he within that speech, he he talks about like D- Disney's not going to make any explicit political statements and like what what the fuck else does that refer to when someone says I'm avoiding politics? What the fuck else yeah. are they ever talking about? Yeah, I mean, they gave the same line Disney. today
0: when they were asked about the uh, Florida "Don't Say Gay" law. So at least they're towing the party line, I guess.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah and they and they need to stay in good graces with Florida. Like, oh they,
0: right, yeah, because th- 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 yeah, <laughs>
1: Disney's down there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, di- they 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 need Walt Disney World, and they need, yeah, that's that's kind of the thing. Is it's. It is a mutually destructive relationship because the Walt Disney Corporation is utterly indebted to the state of Florida, and the state of Florida is utterly indebted to the Walt <laughs> Disney Corporation. Yep. And if I, if anything majorly bad happens to either one of them, the other is fucked.
0: Yeah. 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 Turns out building your own city isn't as easy as Walt thought it was going to be. <laughs> no. Oh god.
2: Yeah. God, that is like one of the most interesting episodes of uh, Defunct Land about that. God. <laughs> God, what a Yeah, nightmare. they're,
1: they're, they're <laughs> starting to build like like pre-made suburbs and shit now.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, right, yeah, yeah. They basically just came back to that idea.
3: God. Mm.
1: <laughs> well, um... I
0: kind of just meant, like, when they opened Disneyland, they put it in a pre-existing community, and they had a whole bunch of legal trouble with the town and the mayor and all that. So that's why they went to Florida, because they could buy land where there wasn't a town and build their own, and now they're in trouble there, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, because it turns out, you know, they're still in the state and the country and they still have to deal with the government and shit. Mm-hmm. So, so
0: hell, yep. who could have guessed?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the same kind of shit. Like I'm seeing, uh, okay. So there was a thing on Twitter today and I I know that's the most riveting pod podcast uh, <laughs> audio is to say there's a thing I saw on Twitter today. Uh, but a lot of people in like the cryptocurrency markets are freaking out because a lot of the big, like whatever they're called, the, the big like markets that manage some of the stuff like open and whatnot, are having to cut out like they're, they're, they're in danger of getting in real legal trouble and they have to stop processing sales and payments of like NFTs and shit <laughs> to countries that are being sanctioned by the U.S. government because that shit's legally considered kind of sort of money now or at the very least considered worth something. And so, and so a lot of people are going like, what the fuck, man? I thought you were decentralized. And it's like, that it, it doesn't mean you're above the law. <laughs> That's not what that word means. <laughs> nope, not at all. <laughs> uh i mean
2: hey it's good to see uh, like crypto bros getting fucked a on that because god that's, absolutely that shit is terrible
1: Crypt- crypto bros taking l's is one of the best accounts oh yeah yep. <laughs> oh, oh, entertainment. yep.
2: always great to see that pop up on my feed
1: <laughs> uh, so Alhouse. house yeah. yeah
0: absolutely uh normally we'd spend the first 20 minutes sort of just on sensing about our week, but since we're about to hit the 1730 mark, I think we can probably just jump into oh, the show, I don't want to steal show, that from y'all.
1: Uh, I, I don't want to steal that from y'all. Did y'all have anything you ever one to talk about?
0: Nah, not really.
1: <laughs>
2: I mean, okay. I, I could just quickly mention I have a new PC. <laughs> Hey, 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 uh, turns out, uh, this idiot over here decided to go ahead and, uh, have to shovel, uh, the driveway, like, 40 minutes trying to get my car out, because my driveway is, like, on an angle, so, like, parking (laughs) is down, lower than the street level, so I had to try to get my car out through the snow, because it got fucking Connecticut, where I was like, oh, right, I chose, I (laughs) chose this, I chose to have snow again, and then having (laughs) to drive, like, an hour out to the closest fucking Best Buy (laughs) that is, like, pre-built that can run uh Elden Ring and Monster on the Rise at (laughs) sixty on like max settings. Uh, That
1: that had had to be a fucking to do. Speaking of fucking crypto bros like like getting a new computer these days. Yeah,
2: like I mean for what it's worth, like it was like a little bit more than my previous computer, which like was still like a pretty good one at the time, but it was also four years old and it's like it just really couldn't really run Match on the is like at even thirty consistently on like lowest settings just because it was, yeah, it was getting bad and it's like that's a Switch game. That this is not time But like yeah, like being like trying to play on the ring that uh Thursday night when it released and it's like, Ugh, this is this this is rough. I I, I just need to fucking replace everything in this PC and it's like, Well what's the easier option here? To just get a new PC fully.
0: Yeah, I it's not nope. easy to get see, parts if you get them prefabbed. Like, the computer I'm on now has a yeah. 3060, and it was just on the shelf, because nobody wants a whole computer. They just want the card. Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
2: in my yeah. case, it was just because I had fried my previous computer trying to upgrade the processor. I was just like, ah, this is just easier. Yeah.
1: Yeah. we yeah. <laughs> yeah. see, this shit is why I, I stick to MMOs, because not only not only can they run on potatoes, but... You know, again, they let me binge children's television on the other <laughs> monitor. <Yeah. laughs>
0: ah, well, you see, if you have enough ADHD, you can do two things at once anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah um, that, that's like yeah. the only thing I would have wanted to talk to talk about this week, is that I finally managed to get in for an assessment on that, which is great. But now I have to wait three weeks nice. for the results. <laughs> oh, good.
1: Oof. So, you know. Well, at least you work. got that ball rolling, so congrats on <laughs> yeah. that.
2: Okay, oh was... yeah, uh... hmm? oh yeah. No, I, I just I also remember that uh, this was also the first time I gave myself my first HRT injection. <laughs> that, hey, was, uh, that was, hell yeah, that was interesting. Woo. <laughs> yeah, because like I I started the uh, the week before because like a nurse showed me how to do it, so like she did the first one. But it was like oh this is like the first time I ever had to jab a needle into myself, and it's like had that little bit of a moment of like once I saw the needle actually in, I was like wait how come it's not that? Oh right, because it's all muscle, right? So it's like. <laughs> But might need to put another little content warning here about needles again. <laughs> but it's yep. like, yeah, Couldn't yeah. Just
0: hold yourself <laughs> sorry. <back,
2: could> <laughs> no, nope, sorry. But it's like, yeah. But I was, just, I was impressed with myself when I did it and like did it like and it was all done. I was like, dang, that, I gave myself an injection. All right, cool. <laughs> nice. nice.
0: I'm glad that worked out for you.
2: Yep. Like, ignored the fact that I also had a little bit of blood, <laughs> like, kind of in my pant leg. <laughs> it turns out the band that I have was not big enough. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Ugh. Yep. Found that out when I was like, oh, wait, did I get water in my. Uh oh. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, 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 first, hey, first time doing it. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it's, it's a learning yeah. experience. It's all
2: good now. It's, it's, it's like it's a little. Uh, this is like a little bit like a dot in it, but it'll, it'll be a little bit good in a while. Especially since like, I have to rotate yeah. legs, so it's not like you do the same leg each week. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah, with that, uh, I think I think we might want to get into it because we're going to have a lot to talk about these episodes. Uh.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah.
2: All right. Oh god, my notes for episode eighteen are two and a half pages long. Just
1: you know. Yeah. All uh, right. Let's 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 get this ball rolling. I'm I'm ready and ready. Yeah, rare. it's a big See, one. By especially...
0: comparison, I just do my notes in Notepad, so I have no idea how long they are. It's a mystery.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had to make go a Google document. Oh, page. same. All right. Uh, yeah. Episode eighteen is Agony of a Witch, and we begin with a shot of Bellis castle, which is this like forces sunk into the ground with a large pillar shooting fire into the sky and like it looks like teeth around the area i'm not sure if you if y'all thought that was also teeth it's, it's like jagged hundred percent teeth <laughs> I,
1: yeah i think the pit is supposed to be a mouth and that's what the danger is yeah in a later although bit. i
2: guess actually i think about it it might be broken ribs because like we assume that might be the titan's heart or balsak in the throne room so I guess it would make sense if it was, like, it was, like, a bit of the cave-in chest area and, that's ribs and stuff.
0: Yeah, but yeah. the ribs are like big we... enough that I don't think those little points could be them.
2: Yeah, but, like, we see the Titan's it's like skull face, and it has teeth in there. How could the teeth get all the way here, unless the
1: titan has like a know. chest mouth as well? <laughs> I mean, it's a weird magical planet titan. I I think on some level it's just kind of the anatomies whatever they wanted. <laughs> I mean, be. yeah,
0: yeah, fair. <laughs> like one of the things I was going to bring up in my episode is that basically everything Bellos does is just weird, gross, organic stuff. I don't see why oh, he yeah. couldn't grow yeah. his own teeth. <laughs> yeah, no, his weird,
2: his weird meat magic he does to restrain uh, some of them is like just, that is some spooky bloodborne or Elden Ring shit. <laughs> Speaking as the person so what, that just what went is... into the meat dimension in Bloodborne in, uh, in uh, Elder Ring recently, it's gross.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, it, it does seem very Lovecraftian, whatever the fuck is going <laughs> yeah. on with him. So, what what are the prominent fan theories for what his deal is? Most because obviously, we, we get a little bit more in season mm-hmm. two. Obviously, yeah, but...
2: the, the prevailing theory people have is that he's either Philip with a bane or his brother because like they talk about the two brothers that got lured into the demon realm.
1: And one of them. Yeah, except, I, f- I feel like it's pretty yeah. obviously... That, I don't know why they would... I, I don't know why they would bring up that he had a brother come with him unless the brother was somebody. The, the, yeah. That's
2: you know? that's related to another theory people have about the brother having died because he might have been on his expedition to try to find the Titan's blood in Season 2, Episode nine. little context. And so people think that mm-hmm. since Hunter is like almost assuredly like some weird magic clone since he saw the Grimwalker book, people think that maybe he's like trying to recreate his brother through hunter or something right or or, right. or like uh, or that he's the brother and trying to bring back philip via hunter
1: that's why this weird flesh monster man has a nephew somehow <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah
2: when we don't see or hear anything about the rest of hunter's family besides they apparently all are witches that don't have magic which also tracks yeah. with the fact that if bellows is like a human who tried to like do something to keep himself from dying as a human, has those, like, tinier, yeah. point, slightly
1: pointed ears, but has to use artificial magic via the, his staff. That kind of makes sense. Like, you decide to make a clone of your brother, like, call, calling the new kid your son feels a little weird. Yeah. Just call him your nephew <laughs> to soften the blow. Yeah. To also, like, throw off
2: from some people who might be paying close attention.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah.
2: Uh, We honestly don't know Because Velos might also be a Grimwalker He might be a clone of one of the brothers And now trying to bring back the other brother to be a clone Who the fuck knows People think he's also going to use Hunter To like use him as a sacrifice To make the day stuff happen People also think that Hun- that He just wants to go home Which is why he wants the portal And doesn't really want to care about anything else And just wants to go back to Earth Who the fuck knows
0: <laughs> We will, we it will, we will find yeah. that He's a baby titan so there's that too <laughs>
2: Yeah, but, yeah. God, yeah. Who knows? We will. We might find out within the next like three months because <laughs> I think I looked at it, and I think like season two B will be fully over in like early June, and then we just have the three specials. So all right. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah. Uh, continuing on from there, uh, we see some prisoners who we get the context that they're wild witches later on, who just refuse to join the government, are being transferred to the castle as Lilith watches them from the ramparts. She goes back inside and walks in front of a stained glass painting of the Emperor and reflects about how she will keep his promise, or, uh, her promise to bring Eden, only to be interrupted by Kikimora, which is the small little demon person that we only saw in one episode as well before this, because like, she only has a little brief cameo in episode 5, where she doesn't even get named, but she's in the credits. Does she everything. get named here? She does, yeah. Like uh, Yeah. Yeah, because like, uh, Lilith definitely does refer to Kikimora. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh she asks her why she's been delaying with her mission, as others in the Emperor's Coven had just rounded up a lot of witches and forced them in the covens, but Lilith assures her that she has the situation under control and summons went to guards to go and capture Nita. After the opening sequence, we cut to the exterior of the owl house, where she and her troops spy on Hooty asleep on the door and he just starts to just drift around sleep hooting, and eventually he just wakes up and attacks the guards of being, but just by being his usual gross, wiggly self. <laughs> this is the best way I can describe it, because like, yeah, we definitely get that bit where he definitely shoves his head through the back of another man's skull, doesn't he? Huh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I think the implication is that he, like, lifts up the dude's mask and hood up a bit. maybe. But also, like, for all we know, these soldiers could just be sentient suits of armor. Yeah, that, that <laughs> is
2: also another prevailing theory, that because we never really hear any of those guards except for uh, Steve in episode 11, like, actually, like, talk at all. It's like, aside from, like, that... some grunts, people think that they might also just be, like, automatons that says has created.
1: It's entirely possible that, like... Uh just because like flesh magic and abominations are established things yeah. in this world, it could be that like just every single like foot soldier or guard is just like a flesh puppet yeah. made by the Emperor. Like honestly yet, looking uh,
0: at Warden Wrath, that wouldn't shock me. Yeah, but oddly enough we also yeah. have
1: seen some of them cast
2: magic. Like we saw the few guards that like shot fire, ice and lightning magic back in in Convention. Well, I so, think, but most that of them just usually weird. use Yeah, but like most of them just usually use like spears and stuff.
0: Exactly, yeah. I mean, so, we know they hold auditions for the Emperor's Coven, so people can get in, but that doesn't mean most of them aren't clone troopers. Yeah. Who, who can say?
2: <laughs> but yeah, uh, Lilith tries to blast Hootie, but he gets distracted by a bug, which is actually just a leaf, which is also just as good, and he eats it anyway, and accidentally just dodges a spell, which hits a tree instead that just smacks Lilith on the head and knocks her out. Ida's watching from the chaos from inside the House of Turb, binoculars i guess Luz must have taught her what binoculars are because I feel like beforehand Ida would not know how to use binoculars considering that she doesn't know anything about human like articles of like art clothing or objects or whatnot
0: i'm fairly sure we saw her have them in her um trash stall before so
2: oh uh, maybe yeah but I'm, I'm sure she probably didn't know
1: what they were and Luz had to explain to her that she can like look at far distance of it <laughs> uh-huh. but yeah so hmm? i i went i went back and, and sorry i got curious and looked something up. Uh, have y'all talked about what a Kikimora is? Yeah, I think we did. I... Okay, like the weird chicken sleep paralysis demon thing? Yeah,
2: it, it actually has like, like some reference points, but it's like, yeah, we we don't actually get if like she is just that straight up. It might just be a reference with her name. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, she has a cauldron, uh, what Luz calls Magic Sketti mixing itself, which she refers to as Witch's wool, a material that reflects powerful spells and plans use it to make a click for herself because of the Emperor's Coven, which I'm just going to reread to EC, because I'm going to say Emperor's Coven a lot in this, <laughs> but yeah, just because they're, like, really ramping up their attempts to capture her. Uh, Luz jokes that Bellows wants Ida this badly because he has the hots for her, but she starts to joke back, yet confirms that it's just because the Emperor wants to control Wild Magic via his coven system, and Ida is, like, the most prominent person that has refused to join any coven. Uh, Ida also says that the only thing slowing her down in her efforts to avoid capture is the curse, which of course, at that point, just takes that opportunity to, like, just sprout feathers all over herself and transform really quickly compared to what we've seen before. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah. Luz shouts, that came to get the elixir, as Ida has a flashback to the day she was cursed again, but before she can demand to see the face of the person who did curse her, she wakes up, untransformed with Luz having shoved a lot of elixirs down her throat, and although her gem is still partially dark. Which... I don't remember if her, we ever really see her gem dark in her transformed
0: form up until this
2: episode. I, I don't believe forget. we do, no. Yeah,
0: if we do, remember. it's not called attention to at all.
2: Yeah, that, that might be the case.
0: Honestly, uh, I kind of just want to see that sequence from the outside, because like, that is a lot of potion bottles to shove down a monster. <laughs> yeah, there, there's like
2: eight or ten of them. <laughs> but yeah. Uh Ida tries to hide it, but when Luz says that she's been hiding the curse and it's been getting worse, she admits it and also says that it takes more magic to keep it at bay, but that she would turn into the arrow, at least forever, she used it all up. Luz begins to say that she'll find a cure, but Ida just says that she has to limit her magic a little to help get rein it in. In the, I feel like a lot of other shows this would be the biggest death
1: flag possible, huh?
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, she just got the, the, the whole spiel about how, like, uh, it's not, it's I, I'm not going to die, but I guess that's a phase worse the death, huh? Yeah, it's like, yeah, like, I
2: feel like if the Owl House was not on Disney Channel, like, if, it was like, oh, well, this is definitely an episode where Eden dies. <laughs> oh, shit. But yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm uh, curious yes. how she knew that the uh, curse would turn her into the Owl Beast permanently. As far as I know, this is the first time anybody's seen this particular curse, isn't it?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, like, as we see the way later on in, like, nine episodes time, or eight episodes time, it's, like, not even just, like, a natural curse, it's one that was created by transforming a monster into a curse,
1: but exactly. I, I feel, I feel like it's yeah. just, I, I feel like she just kind of intuits by the fact that, like, it gets harder and harder for her to turn back each time, that, like, yeah, okay, eventually I'm just not gonna be able to pull it off. Yeah,
2: that's kind of what I read of that, so, like, she knows that if she just, like, really lets it go, like, she'll... Like eventually it'll just get worse and worse to the point where she can't reverse it with the elixir or anything
3: mm, okay Yeah.
2: but yeah <laughs> either yeah. uh, then shuffles loose off to school and remarks that Lucy is a good and considered kid for worrying about her and instead decides to use her magic kitty to make Lucy's a cape instead of making her cloak for herself uh, Lucy sees the the absolutely destroyed guards on her way out and also just walks past the little who gets a magical phone call from kikimora to report to the throne room and i gotta say though
1: <laughs> i love the weird fucking hootie tea part yeah with the yeah. Guards. yeah no it's really good
2: <laughs> like he, he kicked their shit in and then he's just having a little like picnic with them
1: i can't i love this part where i get to play games with my new pals
2: <laughs> yeah it, it always entertains me when i remember that alex Hurst said that he was just trying to do the shittiest mickey mouse impression for hootie's voice and
1: dana liked it so much that they decided to keep it <laughs> It's it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> I I am surprised to find that it is also Alex Hirsch. Yeah, like, like
2: I mean, yeah, because like I mean, he's mostly just doing the uh, the Bill Cipher voice for King, but yeah, he's able to like make. It, yeah,
1: absolutely. Like I
2: knew that yeah, was him. Like, but it's like, yeah, it's, like, it's not as obvious that it's also him voicing Goody.
0: I think he has quite a few voices for this show, just mostly background characters. Yeah, so.
2: yeah, he's other he's some other background characters,
0: like uh. Yeah, I don't,
1: I, I don't remember who, but there's probably there's a there's a guard or two with a bit of a Grunkle Stan in his voice. <laughs> yeah.
2: He also uh, gets stars in one episode of Amphibia as, like, a frog version of Grunkle Stan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: But
2: yeah. uh, Where did I leave off? Uh, Oh, yeah. uh, Luz eventually gets to school, and they're about to go off to a field trip to the Emperor's Castle, just in the very beginning of the day, I guess. There's no home or whatever. But Luz says that she had planned not to go because of how the EC treats Ida, which... Hey, I like that this is, like, good character growth on Lucy's part, because, like, she was, like, willing to go see the EC at convention back in episode 5, but has now actually, like, thought for herself, like, maybe I shouldn't go and, like, see
1: the castle of the fascist emperor. (laughs) Like, not stick around the magic cops, I guess. Maybe also it might be a trap, and I shouldn't be in the building. Also, yes,
2: they—they they are pretty just well, a little bit. Yeah, they're pretty well aware. Su- of... <laughs> surprise
1: field trip to the fucking stronghold of of my mentor's mortal <laughs> enemy. I don't know, guys. I, I don't think it's a spur of the moment field trip.
2: I think it's more like they had heard about it before because, like, she says that she had planned not to go. It's not like she just like makes a spur of the moment right, right. thing of like I don't want to go to
0: that. And yet, she still shows up to school that day.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you don't always have to go on skill trips back in school. Like, some days, like, you could just, like, the kids who didn't want it to just go to, like, a study hall or something. Really? Yeah. yeah. At least at, at least at my school, that was how it was, yeah. That's a school I went I to. I think usually
1: when that happens is, is the school has to have a contingency plan if they can't get, like, the parental permission slip for the... Yeah for the field trip okay see my school didn't like, for whatever that. reason like the parent doesn't approve <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah we just if you couldn't go on the field trip they had you not go to school that day so i guess we huh. didn't have that contingency rule
2: <laughs> nah, that's a better deal i feel <laughs> like you're not going to do much any that anyway that day on at school Because like i think there was also like yeah. one where it's like well you would just spend like these like four class periods or whatever feels like a nearby field trip that wasn't going to take all day you just spend it like in a empty classroom with a cell of just watching like movie like dvds or something
1: yeah in my experience the contingency plan was basically just detention except they didn't call it that. <laughs> yeah
2: pretty much <laughs> but yeah uh getting back to it uh gus and willow tell loose that she'll be missing seeing the relics in the relic room one of which is the pretty obvious he- Like, goal of the episode, The Healing Hat, that is able to heal any disease or curse, which immediately persuades Luce to go on a field trip to try to steal it, which is, of course, an obviously bad idea for Luce because Luce is always full of bad ideas. (laughs) Uh, Along the ride, Willow tells Luce the story of Bellows, which I actually just copied it down verbatim based on the subtitles for what she said because it's pretty interesting lore-wise. Uh, the quote here is, Emperor Bellos built it as a symbol of unity. Before he came into power, folks were doing magic all wrong. He taught us that the only way to respect what the Titan gave us is through joining covens. Which is like, that's just real propaganda you're spouting there, Willow.
1: <laughs> yeah, it just... I, I, yeah, that that is that is something that, like, Willow and Gus still seem to be taking a lot of this at face value. <laughs> yeah.
2: They at least, like, seem like they get a little bit better about it, like, like especially in episode 19, considering that they're, like, willing to, like, fully help try to, like, help yeah. Luce get Ida out once he's captured and all.
0: The weird thing oh, is, that... I mean, they show up to help, sure, but they don't really seem to... There's no going against the the, the hegemony, the story, they just particularly want to help this person you know
2: yeah yeah they're they're not yeah. like let's fucking fuck up the system it's more we just want to help loose when she gets in trouble because she always gets in trouble <laughs> but yeah uh we get a little bit where they like lament that amity can not go on the trip because of her busted leg from previous episode and we just have a quick little scene of her just stewing on her bed like stelling a uh a poster of Luna to shut up which hey also yeah. again like amity starting to like got disenfranchised with Amber's Kevin because the last time she saw Lilith in person Lilith uh, used her as like a whole little pawn to try to like one-up Ida. I, I really yeah. hope with if... uh, but sorry go ahead oh yeah I, I really hope based on the summary for uh, episode 12 of season 2 that because it mentions that Lucy's is gonna get Lilith's help I hope at one point we actually do get a scene of Lilith and Amity meeting again and being like wow this, this yeah. girl really changed our lives around for the better huh <laughs> Yeah, like, they have uh, So,
1: so the, the thing I remembered is the, the show. And again, this does tie into this being a, a show produced for children, and on some level, you have to meet it on those terms. But there's the fact that this is an oppressive totalitarian government, but also like big, super important like policies tend to like shift on a hat. Like, uh, uh, principal grump. Uh, is is it bump? Bump. Yeah. Yeah. Pr- pr- principal bump. Like. He he is a he's willing to like and I, I know I know Luz and her pals save the day from a big dangerous monster thing, but like a single incident, and he's just like, yeah, okay, I'll I'll, I'll drop the whole track thing? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You, you want to study everything? Yeah, fucking, here's, here's your here's your fucking amazing Technicolor school uniform, Luz. Let's go. Yeah,
2: I mean, he also does, like, straight up, like, promise Eden not to even tell the EC about letting Luz into the school. So it's like, yeah. he's just, like, willing to just bend his own rules just for, like, to make other people happy, I guess, in a sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he, he does seem to be, he does turn out to be a surprisingly cool dude, all things yeah. considered, because, like, Ida, like, the most wanted criminal in the the universe shows up as, like, hey, so... How's it going, (laughs) Bob? Yeah,
2: Yeah, a lot lot of people kind of have that. Like, we mentioned it in uh, Really Small Problems when, like, the guy running the carnival is just like, I could never turn you in to the Emperor's Kevin, or you could run scans for me, and it's like... You would make so much more money handing her off to the Emperor's Coven, my guy. (laughs) Why would you have her, like, sell candy apples or something instead? God, God, I love the
1: Fun Police. It's so. Yeah. It's such a good gag. Just like, what are you, the Fun Police? And, like, yeah. And then there's this whole fucking, like, fucking platoon of of clown co- cops. like like yeah, <laughs> God, that's so that, good! That was also
2: an episode I usually skipped on rewatches, but yeah, when we rewatched it for this, it's like, actually, this episode is pretty good. Like, yeah, like, I, It's like, at least we get also, like, that's the last time we had to deal with King being a bit of an ass, but even King is actually being a little bit less of an ass in the episode compared to normal. <laughs> yep. But yeah, uh, uh, continuing before on. Before we move on, oh.
0: actually, I had oh. a question about this scene with Amity, because... Mm. Well, we know there's healing magic, for sure. One of the main covens is a healer's coven. So, in the first place, it seems a little weird that she'd be laid up with a broken leg, given how rich she is. But also, there are she has on her cast two patches with the logo of the healer's coven that are drawn Mm -hmm. and slapped on there. And I'm curious about that, because if you'll remember a few episodes ago, Bump says he's never seen paper magic before, so...
2: Oh, so I think that those are supposed to be the Paraglyphs, like the equivalent that the uh, construction coven used back in episode five. I think that it's supposed to be implied that it's something like that for the healers coven, where it's supposed to like he hates not the process, but they don't have like just a yeah. fix bones magic spell.
1: They they seem they seem to operate under like uh, the the healing magic rules of like our healing magic just makes healing happen faster yeah it cannot heal a wound you would not be normally able to heal from yeah like like you if know, you got like,
2: stabbed like, in the chest or something like that it's like well we can probably do something about that but also who knows because it depends on yeah, how bad you're if, if you if, you, if, you,
1: if we, you break your leg we can have that we can have you back up and running quickly you get your head caught off your dunzo yeah yeah, I think i think, it's, I think it's,
0: questioning the I, utility of the healer's coven at all. Cause, but what little we do see of it is, like, learning to apply bandages.
2: Yeah, that's sense. But also, like, I mean, none of the main characters are really in the healing coven. Yeah,
1: yeah there's, there's also some stuff about the covens where you don't want to overthink it. Like, just the fact that the potions coven exists. <laughs> you know, yeah. just in general, like, the, this idea that, like... The, the the whole point of the magic system in this world seems to be that like you can just do you can just conjure shit out of the air with your hands and like the whole plot revolves around this character who can't do that, learning an alternate way to do that. Whereas in universe, it sure seems like potions are an alternate way to do that yeah. that <laughs> exist and are entire and an entire field of study. Like I, and like, listen, I I love the the writing magic, but also like the fact that the fact that this other like alternative way to do magic it already exists within the world and is its own field of study and is something people dedicate themselves to like in the world already it does make that a little weird if you're again if you're doing the nitpicky like i'm thinking too hard about a kid show kind <laughs> yeah. of thing you know that's probably exactly why we had
2: not really seen any major character be in the healing coven apologies to viney but all the people that keep trying to ship her with either hunter or with uh uh, Emira, uh, sorry, but there's nothing there. <laughs> Viney is really not a character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, continuing on, uh, Willow also tells Luce that Bellus is capable of talking to the Titan when Luce acts out powerful he is. I think this
1: is a fucking lie. I think that this guy is just full of shit. <laughs>
0: Really? Okay.
1: Yeah. I don't know. We see, we see him fight and everyone else is afraid of him. Like, Well, you know, I he
2: like... seems really powerful. I just don't think he can actually talk to the Titan. I think he's well, full of shit in terms of that.
0: There's definitely at least one point where he's straight up lying about something the Titan told him. But other than that, I don't think we... I don't know. I'm kind of inclined to believe him on this one, actually.
1: It does. It does seem, just from the fact that he can do all this weird flesh magic, that he does have some tie to the Titan in some way. But also, like, what? Why is the thing that you have such a hard time getting a hold of the blood of the thing? What you talk to?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so yeah, <laughs> your throne room literally has the heart or bile sac of it sitting in there. So who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, I get, I get, like, n- the desire to not cut like the titan's heart open, but like, I don't know, like, there's, just follow the blood vessel. <laughs> it's somewhere far enough away that you feel
0: safe to cut it open. Don't wanna derail here, but I would just like to thank you, Quill, for saying that again, because the first time you said it I heard a very different thing, so
2: <laughs> Oh and I said Biostack. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, now now new
1: theory does the Titan suck, Yes or no? <laughs> well, probably isn't that. The I mean, at that said. at that point, you have to start asking like, how do how do Titans reproduce? Where did the Titan come from? And I don't I don't think those are questions we're meant no, to ask.
2: I don't think we're supposed to ask that. Especially since, as we see, the few Titans that we see, Mom, the where did titans. titans come from?
1: <laughs>
2: uh, all right. But yes, they arrive at the castle, and the kids are given a tour by Kikimura, and she explains that the Isles weren't always peaceful and prosperous, since it was only 50 years ago where wild magic was practiced by many during what was known as the Savage Ages, a time in which witches had corrupt knowledge that went against the Titan. Of course, this is also partially why I think that bell is kind of shit, because I don't think anything was actually being done wrong. I think he just wants people to do it his way.
1: <laughs> yeah. 50 years is a... Really short yeah, amount of time of that. to completely reshape your society. <laughs> yeah, and
2: like it also seems like nobody really remembers from what it was like before then. Besides, oh, it was bad because Bello uh, said it was bad. Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> like is there is there no one? alive who's more than 50 years old how how long do witches live I mean, a long
0: time bump specifically says he has at least 300 more years until he can retire yeah, it, th- that,
2: that was something i remember that dana said because she said that one point i think it was like part of like a reddit they made that witches do have like similar lifespans to humans but can take steps to like prolong them because i mean like we already know like lilith and Ida are in their 40s because also dana said that where it's like Ida is like maybe like two years younger than lilith so like the, when we see their parents, it's like their parents are at least in their sixties or seventies, I would say.
1: So yeah, so like that shit happened within their lifetime. Yeah. And listen, I've I've lived through way too many unprecedented oh, yeah, no, events we, we all within have. the last <laughs> within the last like five years to be saying like I don't know if you can really have that kind of major change within just fifty years. Yeah, but completely reshaping the fundamental fabric of your society. I just.
0: It's also. Worth I, I noting, don't know. Though, I've... I mean, in the next episode, we'll learn that it's been thirty years since they had a wild witch to petrify, which means that they got yeah, all but... the wild witches in the first twenty years. <laughs> but that's also a bit of a lie because we see the three from the beginning
2: part of this episode be statues in episode nineteen. Mm-hmm. So obviously, there's some like under the table petrifications going on that Bell isn't <laughs> like letting people know.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is that is the thing is. Uh, it, it it does it like later, Bells is gonna be like, I'm not planning to invade the human world, but also like, it's become abundantly clear that everything you say is a lie, my dear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Like,
2: yep. Who can say what actually is gonna go on? Maybe we'll find out in like two or three months. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to wait Maybe. until like October, whenever the season three specials air. Who knows?
1: I will say though. I sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, that's why I was done with that. Train to thought.
1: Okay I was, was going to say I I do like Bellos as a villain he is he is fun Oh yeah like he he's he's a, he's a good blend of menacing and clearly bullshitting like fake it till you make it horse shit <laughs> yeah. And, like, I, I want to know what the fuck is going on with whatever weird disease his, his got. Yeah, like, weird. he's got. He's, like, he's good. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah,
2: like I, I, again, this is something we brought up in, like, I think it was, like, two or three episodes ago, where, like, we were both like, why does everything in this series end up being goop? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's just, everything comes out to being goop again <laughs> in the end with this franchise. <laughs> yeah.
0: If I recall, I did use... There's always gonna be a little slime in the boiling aisles. <laughs> yeah, I
2: think that was the phrase. That you said. I think that was almost almost that episode title.
0: <laughs> I would absolutely not make that episode title. We can't. Do that. We can't steal some other podcast reference. Oh
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, continuing on, uh, the tour walks through the relic room, and we can get a good guess of what most of these relics belong to, because like we obviously know the hat is for the healing coven. The harp is obviously the bard coven's one. Uh, the or like I kind of skipped over it, but like uh, Gus and Willow mentioned the ones for the illusion and the plant kevins, which are like an orb with a twin head that's it for illusion and the green thumb gauntlet for plants. We on- we don't see all nine, but we also see a bell, a crystal ball, and a mirror, which are a little harder to guess. But we can probably estimate that either the crystal ball is oracle. Or even potentially the mirror might be Oracle, because I've seen people say that the ball might be abomination related, because it has some purple in it. Then we.
1: Okay, so what what are the nine covens again?
2: Uh, aside from those I mentioned, there's also Beastkeeping, there's Potion, there is. Uh, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. The uh, bell is
1: probably. <laughs> the bell's probably Beastkeeping. Yeah, that, that's
2: what say. I thought too when I saw the bell, because it's like, oh, well, maybe that could summon monsters.
1: So that's why I thought that was Beastkeeping
2: as well. Uh. God, what the fuck are the other ones? Hang on, let me Google this really quick. <laughs> construction. Oh yeah, construction. We don't really get a whole lot of construction coven ever. Uh, but
0: they yeah, build houses is is... so good and have super yeah. strength.
2: <laughs> yeah, abomination, bard, beastkeeping, construction, healing, illusion, oracle, plant, and potion. And then the emperor's coven. Construction,
1: like that's a weird thing. Some of the, some of the coven's are weirdly specific. Yeah. Because like, you say I can do plants. That's a lot of stuff. I can do animals. That's a lot of stuff. I can do illusions. That's still that's you know that's more specific a bit, but like that's still <laughs> something. Abominations, super specific. Yeah, uh, yeah. You got to use the construction. <laughs> I could construction like. Is that just making buildings, or is that also, like, blacksmiths and shit? Well, we, we, we do like, go, Is that we, just making anything? We do
2: get the sense that it also is kind of earthbending from uh, the Avatar series, because, like, when we see Bria use construction magic in episode in Season 2, Episode 5, she basically uses it to just, like, surround the, uh, what's it called, the, sna- the, not the snaggleback, the sliver beast with it, and then she just makes, like, a big column of, like, dirt show up at one point. So it's like I get that that's like using like the natural terrain to like make like objects and stuff like that, but it kind
0: of just comes across a little bit like earthbending. That's oh, true, yeah. but also like you can't forget the lesser covens. I mean, the small cat coven, the very small cat coven, and the smallest cat coven. Yeah, exactly. Or
2: the uh, or like the like five different like sub covens of the plant track that we talked about back in that episode. God, there were so many.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: But yeah, uh, continuing on, uh Luz tries to like look at the healing hat a bit, like she's about to take it, but is dragged away by Gus and continues the tour. And they soon see Lilith Barge into the castle still pretty disheveled from a hoodie kicked her ass. Uh Lu starts over to a corner pillar so it's not be seen by her and Kiki takes the opportunity to make a snide comment about Lilith's meeting with the Emperor and like tells the students to wish her luck and they, you know, just obliviously, like, wish her luck and everything, which brings up this very funny retort of wishing the students good luck with puberty. I always like that line, just the way she delivers it.
1: <laughs> so yeah. It's very funny. I, I love the, the how much, like, just how much of a bitch Kikimura is, frankly. Oh yeah, Kikimura like, is a little sick how... everyone. <laughs> yeah, she cares about nothing except, like, uh, moving her way up in the ranks and, like, earning the Emperor's respect which is uh, doubly funny by the fact that the Emperor very clearly does not respect her at no. all.
2: <laughs> and also, she apparently is also not that competent when it comes to actually trying to do anything. I mean, she gets threatened by a 14 year old with a little fireball in her hand and immediately caves. <laughs> like, yeah, no, Kikimura yeah. seems like she's just like act like she's top shit, and then that she just sucks. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Luz continues to have pretty bad ideas for capital B and I uh, by sneaking off after Lilith to see what's up with her meeting with the Emperor. <laughs> uh, she goes over there near the throne room and sees that, again, like I mentioned earlier, it's either a heart or the bow sack of the Titan in the throne room. There's kind of debate about this, just because people think it's, like, way too small to be, uh, like, uh, like people think it's too small to be the heart just because with the size of the titan it feels they feel like it would have a much larger heart which is why people started thinking it might be the Battle stack but it still beats like a heart so
0: yeah you
1: I, I i feel like just just through the language of art like it makes a bathump noise yeah. it's clearly supposed to be a heart yeah. like i i i feel i feel like assuming it's something else again is kind of overthinking yeah, it yeah pretty much like you, you make you make a big green thing shaped like a human heart what goes bathump bathump like any kid's gonna look at that and go, Oh, that's the heart. Yeah.
2: Pretty much. They might also just not have given a shit about like making it proportional to the size of the Titan. <laughs> so they just Yeah, because or... like how could you yeah. like, why would it you would be it would a, be the proportional larger... heart would be so yeah, fucking it would be huge. larger than the castle.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the Titan just has a bunch of hearts. I mean, the the Titans
1: kind of uh dead mostly as <laughs> yeah, far as we can yeah, tell I mean, it, it kind of makes sense that it has a tiny insufficient heart
2: yeah, I mean it is like straight up a corpse with bones and everything but it seems like it's still something like about alive because that heart is still going so who knows
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah, but yeah. that could also just be the weird flesh magic again
2: yeah but yeah Lusa goes and peers through the keyhole to watch the conversation and sees Bellos visibly in pain clutching his head and breathing heavily and he cracks open a palisman brought to him by one of his guards to pour the palisman goo into his eyes, which glows green. Which, that just freaks loose
1: out, so she just runs oh, the fuck away. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we gotta get into it. This dude fucking eats palismans, yeah. and he eats them with his eyes. What the shit? Yep.
2: <laughs> We're still not sure about that, because it's like, it's obviously, like, something. Like, like the, the theory there is that it's, like, preventing his curse or whatever from getting worse. So it's like, I mean, he seems like he's just in a lot of shit
0: when it comes to his old deal. Wild magic. I mean, that's what palismans are composed of, right? So he's just eating all the wild magic himself. That's why he doesn't want anybody else to have it. I mean, potentially,
2: because like a lot of people also think that he might have like dipped into wild magic trying to like make a portal back home and fucked up. And that's why he's now the way he is with his like weird, like scaly kind of plant skin
1: in a sense. Tracks. Well, there's also, like, the whole thing where, like, it, it is very nakedly a, you know, rules for the but not for me kind of thing, because if you get into the Emperor's Coven, you're allowed to do any magic. Yeah. You get all, you get all of it. it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what wild magic is, as I understand it, right? Is it's pretty, just pretty not much. restricting yourself? Yeah, pretty
2: much. <laughs> yep. He's a hypocrite, and that's why I think he's a full liar about all
0: shit. <laughs> but also, can we talk about how spins are full of goo? I don't know what's up with that.
1: There's no from, like, I'm sure there goo in there. <laughs> Well, so they're carved from wood, right? So it's like, you think it's... It's probably sap. Yeah, you know, like magic tree sap or whatever. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, it does drip out, like, from the the ripped apart boutsman that he cracks
1: open. Yeah, I mean, and again, I... I, I... This is kind of dipping back into overthinking (laughs) it territory again, but, like, if I had to assume it was anything, I'm assuming it's magic sap.
0: Yeah, maybe not for nothing, but overthinking it is my job on the show. Quill's job is to just keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I mean, again, my
2: notes, I still have, like, overpaged, so I gotta keep going. (laughs) But yeah, uh, Belus and Lilith's conversation continues as he says it's obvious that Lilith just keeps failing. Not entirely intentional, but, like, it's pretty obvious that she failed again here. But, yeah, he mentions at this point that he had promised her that to bring Ida to him a month ago, and that he is now bored of her excuses, but will give her the time she needs, although stipulates that she has to return with Ida before Twilight tonight. <laughs> uh, this is all because, he, as he also reveals, he made a deal with Ida to to heal Ida's curse in exchange for bringing her to the, join the Emperor's Coven but he does threaten that Lilith will be stripped of her rank and banished from the Coven if she fails again, remarking that she knows all too well what happens to Covenless Witches. So, yeah, definitely a good boss here, Lilith, that you work for, to straight up threatening
1: you to just turn you to stone or murder your ass <laughs> if you fail again. That, that, is the, that, that is the thing. It's just... And, and again, like, it, my, my gut reaction is to be like, man, how can you not tell that the person you're working for is just openly evil yeah. like they're clearly the bad guys and then i and then i remember oh right i keep living through you know yep. unprecedented times every every week so yeah. like yeah fuck man we, we, i don't we know sure
2: do. <laughs> it's also this worth mentioning that like as bellows delivers his threat to lilith the heart does beat faster which i think that's also why our people came up with the theory that the heart is directly related to bellows himself and not the titan I just remembered about that that reading could be both I just remembered that reading it once that people thought like, oh maybe that's actually like Bellows's heart or something. <laughs> and he just managed to
1: cut it out of him somehow and to like try to save I, I, himself. I, I think it might be both. I I think I think they're just linked. I think they're linked is the thing. Yeah.
2: I mean again, we're we're not really sure, but maybe we'll know by June. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, hopefully.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh we get back to
2: Ida, who's in the process of making the cave for Loose and King has apparently misheard her, thinking she was going to make a cake for Luz, so he instead runs off to the kitchen to make a cake for Luz, just because he (laughs) wants cake, I guess. And the two of them talk about how Luz has really changed them for the better, and really changed how they just function as, like, a little family. But, you know, it's, again, like, I, I wouldn't say this is, like, one of those, like, weird cuts we keep talking about, because, like, it does actually at least, like, establish that, like, they appreciate Luz and everything. <laughs> but it is also a very short scene, because we just cut immediately back to Luz staring out of a window to see the field trip leaving. But she also sees herself there, too, only to see that Gus and Willow are behind her, with Gus using three illusions just make everybody not realize that the three of them are missing. <laughs> Which I don't know how he continues doing that during their whole little heist sequence, because he's not keeping his spell circles going.
3: Well,
0: <laughs> he doesn't usually, is the thing. Like, when he sends his illusion uh, to class, he doesn't have a spell true. circle up at all. Yeah, that, yeah, that's true.
2: I guess, like, he's just focusing on, like, getting them moving into the... What Luz calls a bus, clearly not a bus. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Also, it's, it seems pretty clear to me that, like, they just do a head count when they get on the bus and a head count when they get yeah, off. the bus. <laughs> pretty much.
2: And
0: then they're like, oh, shit. But yeah. But yeah uh, I mean, like we've seen before, he can create illusions with some at least standard sentience if they can take notes for him. So I don't think it's that weird. Yeah, that he can... that's true.
2: I mean, the illusion of Luce does turn around to look at Luce in the window and just sticks her tongue out of her. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Willow uh, immediately uh, is just like caught on to Lucy's plan to see on the hack because she found Lucy's little silly notes that I guess she just left on the bus. Which I really like, I didn't actually ever look at these notes closely, but they're, again, one of Lucy's little doodles of herself and everything. She <laughs> has her very intricate plans of, one, sneak into castle, two, steal healing hat, three, lift curse. With other little notes that says, save Ida, with two exclamation points, and make quick getaway, and all cured. With her just, like, having a little silly doodle of herself, looking at only at Ida yeah there's a big heart yeah. with the words everything is okay oh, I miss the everything is okay <laughs> yeah I like that like Luz takes more time with the doodles than actually her plan of how to get the hat and get out <laughs> yeah it's yeah. so again just thinking in mind with just the fact that that's how Luz is she, she spends more time doodling imaginations of like how things will go rather than actually thinking about how to get there <laughs> But yeah, she comes clean about the, her idea to steal the hat, and while Willow says that she can't steal it, she could just borrow it, which is like, that's that, you're still not asking the Emperor, you're still just it right there. They, like They could have actually just gone to his throne room and be like, hey, can we borrow this? Instead, they just start taking it without permission. That's still kind of theft. <laughs> <laughs> also, I guess also, that's something I didn't remember, Lucid never actually told them about the curse until they saw her notebook that, that didn't mention the curse. <laughs> So, like, I'm not sure why... I guess it's just, like, a privacy thing where you didn't want Luce to spread it around. But it's, like, it's a little strange that, like, they learned it just from Luce having written it down in the notes and everything.
0: Well, to some yeah. degree, but if you'll remember way back when, Ida says that the curse is the reason people call her the out Lady. so... Yeah,
2: it's, like, people know about it, and, like, it might not be as widespread, but I feel like, like, rumors would have gone around at this point, considering that, like, she got cursed, like back when she was in high school so like something like 25 years prior yeah but like yeah.
0: in public in front of a crowd
2: yeah with as we saw as we see in that amity parents in there in the stadium watching so it's like they they would have known
1: yeah i think it's just common knowledge what her deal is yeah but for some reason um, Augustus don't yeah so uh the, she's like i'm sorry guys i got to do this you're like yeah no we're we're going to help you. You should just assume that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. We, we see a super cut of their heist as they sneak past guards using plants, illusions, some fire to melt some grating, and straight up just, like, doing, like, a, like, Halloween horse outfit where the three of them are just in, like, a really long... Uh, guard out it, it is straight up three kids in a trench coat. Yeah. Like, full stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fully. And it's like, I don't know how they're the gang all these people. I do like that, like, when Gus does the illusion that
1: on the guard away, he also has her do the worm. <laughs> so it's Our, okay. Our Kiki, hmm? is very funny. Are, okay, are Kiki- Is Kikimura's hair made of claws? It's something like that. Does she, does she, ha- does she have hands for hair? I mean, like, she, she, is that just part I mean, of her she design? She does have a part
2: of it lift up to do the little spell circle that she uses to restrain rain in uh, episode 7 of season 2. So it's like, it's, it's something she can definitely control. <laughs> It, it might be like it okay. might be like a slow poke situation, like or slow bro, like it's it's the, basically the shelter on the tail, essentially.
0: I don't know. <laughs> Prehensile here would hardly be the weirdest thing about the boiling Isles. Yeah,
2: it's also fair.
3: <laughs>
0: But yeah, uh, when they get to the
2: Hall of Relics, Lou grabs the hat as Willow and Gus want to try out their Kevin's respective treasures with Gus's duplicate saying he's already his best self, which uh, I just always remember this part of like, Gus, please remember this in five episodes time when you (laughs) really start to doubt yourself with your illusions.
0: Yeah, not right. to slow us down anymore, but I'm really unclear on what the illusion orb does for him. It doesn't seem to be materially different than any illusion he's created before, except that you can obviously tell it's an illusion, which is yeah, worse.
2: Yeah, it, it, it might be that it's like, capable of like like it's like, uh, essentially like a, a duplicate of himself that's like, able to like, tell him the truth as opposed to what he might lie to himself about, I guess? I'm not sure. It's a bit strange. Willow's at least like, more up front where she does make the giant tree fist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Luce says that they can heal either return the hat before anyone realizes they took it, but of course, Bellos is just fully aware of what's going on because his voice just reverberates throughout the chamber saying that, yeah, he I'm, I'm wise to what you're doing, and the doors just have metal gratings go all over them so that they can't get out. Uh, Willow goes ahead and uses the gloves to bust down the doors, but it makes a lot of noise, which draws a attention, because she's just, like, in a nearby hallway, thinking about what she could do to try to get to Ida, because she's like, oh, Ida doesn't have any attachments or anything. But then, of course, she comes into the hall and sees loose there, and she's like, oh, it's Ida's pet. Okay, here we go. <laughs> just absolutely destroys Willow and Gus when they try to, like, resist against her, and... A struggle happens where she and Luz try to like take the hat, but end up ripping it in half and destroying it.
1: And okay, so that is that is wild. That, and again, this is getting a little <laughs> nitpicky, you know, a little cinema cinzy. It is wild that Lilith just destroys the healing hat because even if Bellus wasn't a lying piece of shit and was planning to heal Ida. He'd be doing it with the hat, wouldn't he? Presumably, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> like I thought that I thought that was why she was assuming that this that the that you know the cure part of the deal could happen is because bellos has the hat. <laughs> I mean,
2: it might also just be that she's like, oh well, Bellos is like clearly the strongest witch ever to exist, so he doesn't need it. They're just there because they were like relics of the old coven leaders or something.
0: Yeah.
1: Also, I don't want to gloss too much over. And maybe I just spaced out when you mentioned it. Uh, the bit where uh, Augustus uses the, like, uh, premonition orb thing to be like, I want to know how to be my best self. And then, like, this hologram of him shows up and says, Y'all are already your best self, Gus. And he just, he, his eyes water, and it's it's a great yeah. gag. Yeah,
2: like, I, I briefly doesn't it, but I didn't give, like, the full context. Because, again, my notes are super long. <laughs> I didn't have the time to really, like, give all the No, details. no, it's fine, it's yeah.
0: fine. so sorry. It's just a
1: nice little character beat. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Got another thing, sorry. Um... I just had a flash of inspiration a few minutes ago when you mentioned that Bellows could tell what was going on. I think. I mean, what mm-hmm. if he's a hootie? He can tell what's going on inside him. He can sort of merge into the <laughs> walls and move around. Maybe he's no. just a really old house
1: demon. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I hate that. Hey, uh, I okay. So what what does Bellows mean? Is that like Latin or something? Like like the or a, a mythological thing like Kikimora was? I don't. Think so.
2: That quite... I know is,
1: that, is, that, is that maybe like a secret hint to uh, to what his deal is?
0: Uh, let me see real quick here. Uh, uh, not that I'm seeing. No, it looks like it might be.
2: I just typed it in. It might be related to the Latin word belus, which is a spelled with U seven O. But uh, it could also it okay. could also be spelled what... as bellos because that's a Greek word, which is apparently the indifferent or indifferent classical rendering of the Semitic words belu and bal. As a theonym, personal name, and royal title.
0: Uh, also worth mentioning uh, so that Bellows so is so another name. So he's for Emperor the Emperor,
1: basically. Yeah, he
0: is essentially Emperor King. <laughs> is what no. yeah, himself. Great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> great. I was I was I was literally about to be like, what if it's because the owl house hoots and it's hootie and the titan bellows?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I I mean for what it's worth, we never really see Bellows outside the castle, so hey, the, the theory of him being a house demon is not Something that I can absolutely dismiss, because we never see him separate from his castle.
1: Yeah, it straight up might be that he can't leave. Uh, this is awful.
0: <laughs> <I hate laughs> I'm this. glad I ruined something for you.
1: Yay. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait until the climactic battle between Bellus and Hootie, and everyone just yells, House fight! <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: But yeah, she gra- uh, Lilith grabs loose and sends her staff to just, like, grab Willow and Gus and send them to Edith's home to just tell her about what's happened. Ida, back at home, loads King into her cake's compartment when she realizes that, like, they think Loose is on her, their way over because Hootie's like, hey, we have visitors coming and everything. But she opens the door, holding her gifts of Loose, only to see Willow and Gus there with the noose of Loose's capture with a staff hovering nearby. So Ida just immediately teleports to the castle gate, like, slams I, I do I do
1: want to say, like, we get the King, uh, uh... Cake mix box and like there's cherubs on it with the word bubble no soggy bottoms, yeah. <laughs> which is
2: yeah. fuck me. Yeah. It's gross. <laughs> But also again, how did they get the fucking cake mix to make a cake? Because that's just like a normal human world ass <laughs> cake. And food is a it big is thing. Magic
0: cake mix. But food is a problem for loose in two episodes time. <laughs> Where did this <laughs> cake come from? <laughs> They still have the door. He can get cake in the human world. I, I guess.
1: <laughs> I I honestly I'm not I don't. I, this might just be from the demon realm cake it mix. It but like because like I don't think King uses an oven like, or anything. I think he just opens the box and there's a cake.
2: Now. Like by this point, like they have to know, like oh, it's hard to get like food in the demon realm that Lucy really can eat well. Because, I mean, that's the major crux of episode one of season two of, like, oh, we can't, like, really, like, afford a lot of different food for Loose. So, I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll see. Yep. But, okay, like, we I'm, – I'm sorry to have pushed us away from this this next scene because this next scene was... – Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this,
2: this fight uh... scene is one of the best fight scenes in the entire series because, like, I mean, like I said, Eda teleports to the castle gate – she like just throws Lilith's staff into a wall, and it just like cracks the wall a bit, and just is absolutely yeah. fucking pissed. While Luce is like trapped in a
1: little magic bubble that Lilith had made. Um, so th- this kind of ties into uh, a lot of like kids' action shows at, at, over the last like decade or so, and I mean this as an absolute compliment. Like this is I, I mean this as high praise, even though it's going to kind of sound a bit backhanded you can tell that we have absolutely gotten into an era where all of the people making cartoons now grew up watching anime. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and that is absolutely a good thing in my mind. Yep. Because whenever one of these shows has to do a fight scene, it is balls to the wall. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, like, yeah, like, you see the animation in this, and meanwhile, like, you see the animation of the season two up to nine fight, and it's, like, even somehow more crisp and fluid. Because, like, God, that yeah. everything Hunter I- fight fucking rules. <laughs>
1: And it is it is very much uh, an anime way of doing it, of having, like, keeping the simple style and, like, making, like... Because, honestly, in a lot of TV animation, anytime there's a scene where characters are just kind of sitting around talking, like, very little actually moves. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the action scene, and suddenly everything is going absolutely bananas, fuck just fuck off crazy. And, like, that is very much an anime way of doing things, is, like... You, you ever, Like, you have all these scenes where people just stand in profile and only their mouths move, and then you get to the fight scene, and very clearly, like, ten people spent, like, three weeks <laughs> yeah. making this. Like I even cut, Just this this two-minute sequence. Like, was... I even kind
2: of noticed it at the beginning of the episode, when, like, you see, like, the Emperor's Coven, like, flag fluttering in the wind, where it's like, oh, that also looks, like, way crisper in animation, just than, like, the rest of the show usually is. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's, yeah. yeah it's like they they went all out with the fight scene and also this flag for some reason
0: not only that but it's <laughs> like specifically an anime fight scene you know they have all this yeah. magic at their disposal but they're mostly just flying around firing lasers yeah or just
2: slamming into each other like the the fucking uh, the only thing i can really think of is like the mew and mewtwo fight from the first pokemon movie where they're just like covered in like balls of energy just slamming in each other. It's very much that. Yeah, it's, it's much that. I mean,
1: listen. You could do all kinds <laughs> of crazy shit, but like, if you're standing over here and your enemy's over there, and you can throw lightning, you, just throw lightning. <laughs> you
2: know. Yeah, for for what it's worth, at least we actually see either fight with magic instead of just poking stuff <laughs> with her stick. <laughs> Because again, throughout so much of season one, if he is in a fight, he's just hitting somebody over her staff rather than actually shooting lasers at them. Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, we do get a we did get a story explanation for that. She's been conserving her magic, yeah, and only fair. now she's got like she's got a reason to spend yeah. it because she's got a sister what needs to get the shit kicked out yep. of her.
2: Rightfully so. But yeah, before that fight actually happens, like I, like Lilith at least still does give you the one last chance to just join the covenant and not continue escalating things. But yeah, Eda's, like, too fucking pissed considering that she, like, has straight-up threatened Luz's life. And also just straight-up uses Luz as a shield at multiple times in the fight itself. Like, trying to put Yeah, in a so in this fight, Luz
1: is in, is in a bubble, and there are numerous times where Ida uh, will, like, shoot something at Lilith, and Lilith will be like, Oh, but dude, do you want to hit the kid, though? And, and then Eda will have to, like... like... Push the laser to the side yeah. or something.
2: Not a great look for her when, like, after she accidentally admits to having cursed Ida, like, when Ida still, like, blasted her, she still at one point straight up does this throw loose off the cliff, and, like, de- towards, like, the spiky, like, ribcage teeth stuff.
1: And yeah. it's like, kill that, that is kind of a. <laughs> it, it, t- two things to that. One thing, also, a real fun bit in this uh, fight scene, uh, uh lose, like, gets. Is about to roll off the side of the bridge, and Ida like does this thing where she like telekinetically moves planks oh, yeah, of yeah, wood that, that around yeah. and like uh, super yeah. monkey ball <laughs> bank her off the corner yeah. and like that, that, put her back on the that bridge. Bit is so good. That looks so good with the animation. It's very good, but also like this also does kind of. Back- and I'm sorry, I keep making like commentary on like kids media in general because I I don't usually get to talk about kids media as it is now. I've been talking about it two decades, <laughs> yeah, ago for years. Um, but like there there is this whole thing of like. On some level, in a kid's show, you can't really like murder your villains or anything. Mm -hmm. You have to like resolve your differences peacefully a lot of the time. So you end up in these situations where like enemies who are going to eventually be forgiven and reconciled and compromised with or what have you, like they're going to get a redemption arc, do some pretty irredeemable shit along the way. And Lilith. Super tries to murder this <laughs> yeah. child like over and over again. Uh-huh. And like it's not even just like I'm gonna throw her off the bridge as a distraction tactic and I know Ida will save her. Like, no, there's a bit where like Ida's trying to like levitate Luz out of the pit and and Lilith just like conjures a magic hand to push her down yeah. into the yeah. pit. It's like, no, fuck you, sister, I will murder this, this child. This is,
2: this is why like I was kind of bu- a little bit bummed out that I came to the show after season one was done, because I remember seeing people like uh, retrospect being like, oh, Lilith is the fucking worst. She super sucks. And then meanwhile, in contrast, when they announced that she was coming back for episode 12 of season two, like Lilith was actually trending on Twitter again, just like back then, because people were like, yeah, she's coming back. And meanwhile, like you're the same people that fucking hated her back during this.
1: <laughs> well, it's be- you know what? They, they find, I think, an incredibly clever and efficient way to re-endear her to the audience and that's by making her the one person in the world who's nice to her. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> that is that is such yeah, it, that it is, is such a great and clever yeah, move. Yeah. It
2: is such a good little friendship between the two of them which is like it's like the complete opposite to try kind of thing of like Lilith is just be like the stuck up by the rules person who needs just this energy like this little like engine of chaos and for the two of them to just be best buds and also like of course it's like yeah. her being like such a little like teacher's pet towards Luz, teaching her about glyphs and everything and it's just the cutest shit it's so <laughs> yeah good. especially after like two like a week later or, like week earlier or something in this context of the story where she tried to murder this child <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah, I feel like uh, we kind of could just like skip over more bits about the fight, because like, we already kind of
1: talked about it at length here. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah no, it's, it's, it's a fun yeah. fight, and then uh, Lilith reveals that, in, in the heat of the moment, reveals that she gave Ida the curse, and Ida, like, understandably gets real fucking yeah. pissed.
2: Pretty much. But yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Ida's, uh, also a little bit before that, like, Ida's gem is starting to flare up some more, and, like, Luce is trying to be like, no, you're, you're magic, watch out what you're doing, kind of deal. But yeah, and then like
1: yeah, and Lilith tries to be like, "Oh, you're so fucking cursed. It's just making you weak." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he just like, "Yeah, it's wild how I'm cursed to be weak and frail, and yet I'm still going toe to toe with you. That kind of shows how much you suck, doesn't yep. it?" <laughs> Pretty much.
2: But yeah, but yeah, like you said, like you know, there's that bit where like you know, Lilith is also kind of taunting a little bit and being like, "Then why are you so into the curse?" And we get the full scene where we see the person in the door with the like the silhouette of the glasses. But yeah, the a little bit of like mist or whatever obscuring them is gone and it's actually yeah it's just longer Lilith who had uh, younger Lilith who had done it uh Lilith immediately does dr- kind of beg a little bit about how she can remove it if she has if she's given the chance to explain but either it's just like not nope, fuck you and just like just pretty much like use it the, the last of her magic and everything like trying to fight her even harder but that's when Lilith tosses loose off the bridge towards the spikes, and like you said, also just straight up makes a magic yeah. hand to push loose down more as is trying to, like, use her <laughs> magic to stop loose from getting yeah, fucking skewered. Yeah, shit is wild.
1: Yeah. We get, this, we get this fucking, like, I'm about to die speech from Ida, basically. Yeah, it, you know, it, it just is basically like,
2: hey, like, uh, like a final farewell where it's like, yeah, she basically yeah, is dying yeah.
1: here. <laughs> She's like, hey, kid, I don't think I'm going to come back from this one. Take care of King and Hootie, and thank you for being part of my life. Bye. Mm -hmm. yep but yeah she uses like the last of her magic to like repel away
2: Lilith a little bit and also like send Albert to grab loose before she falls fully into the spikes and whatever and, yeah, Lilith grabs her with, like, some spell to just ensnare her while she's the full owl beast, and also just grabs Albert from the sky, like, right next to Luz, and <laughs> just tosses her aside and retracts the birds, like, taunting her, being like, no, Ilith's with her real family, go back to your world, because this one's ours, and it's like, that's really fucking harsh. <laughs> that's, like, a really dick move for Lilith yeah. to right there. <laughs>
1: And we do, get, we do get a shot establishing that the the Emperor, like, watched this whole fight go down. Yeah, yeah he's just... And, and didn't interfere or yeah, anything. He, he was like, just on the ramparts you know, watching,
2: too, hmm. to make sure that Lilith would actually do what he promised to do. <laughs> yeah. the do last... say, she
0: must have a truly incredible grip strength if she can hold Albert, because we have seen him burst out of metal cuffs.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has just slammed his way right through prison walls and everything, <laughs> but she can hold on to him just perfectly.
1: But yeah, Luz. Uh So, time for the saddest scene in the world. Yep. Uh, Luz gets back to the house, and Hootie and King are there to surprise her. King's like, I'm the cake! Woo! <laughs> uh, and it's just like, wait, where's Ida? She's just like, she just starts fucking crying. And, like, we just get this wordless scene, and it's like, to be continued, and like, holy shit, y'all. <laughs> yeah, and. And the, God, the, this, the credits are just a shot of the castle, they don't do the usual yeah, it's, credits, it's, it's just a yeah, shot of the castle. with the
2: heartbeat going in the background too. Like, yep. you, you can hear the heart as well, it's like, yeah, but like we don't get the usual like jaunty music or anything. We also get that whole like to be continued right before that, before it cuts to the credits, and so it's like, I actually had to look this up because I'd forgotten, this episode aired a week before... episode 19 so it's like it wasn't back to back so it really was for a week you gotta stew on that shit and I was like dang I'm kind of (laughs) again bummed out that I didn't watch this, that I wasn't into the show live back then because I would just be like just going crazy for a week being like what the fuck Yeah,
0: (laughs) I do want to ask so since this Mm -hmm. aired we have established that um, in the season finale of season 2 for Amphibia they put a content warning before the episode Mm -hmm. do you think that they would do that for this episode now, since it's been established as a thing that can be done for Disney shows.
1: I don't... What would what would they be warning about specifically? What, what are you
0: thinking? I don't know. I just feel like that whole sort of implied Eda death is pretty traumatic for a small child watching this show, and that's exactly yeah, what the uh, the Amphibia but... one was for, so...
2: Yeah, well, the Amphibia one was a, was a teenager getting stabbed with a laser sword.
0: <laughs> it's like, it's a little different
2: than, yeah. like, a whole, like, okay, well, I mean, you obviously know Ida's not dead because she's a Seattle Beast, and it's like...
1: Yeah, she gets yeah. cursed, so I I, I I don't know if they would. Sorry, spoilers for Amphibia, I should
2: say, also, that <laughs> Marcy gets, Marcy's yeah. alright, she gets better-ish, <laughs> don't
0: worry. <laughs> it's all not good, but it's, it's not as bad as it could be for her. <laughs> I don't know. I guess my point is just that it's more or less the same thing. It's that implied death that you're left on. So, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think I think it is specifically just the physical violence as opposed to like existential yeah, violence. I, I
2: think it's also they kind of get away with it in this case a little bit just because it's like. It's kind of clearly foreshadowed because like either has that bit where she's just joking, being like, "Well, it'd be a fate worse than death, and I'd be stuck as the Yellowbeast forever." But Blah, eh, don't worry about it. As opposed to, yeah.
1: you're saying Amphibia doesn't spend its entire run like foreshadowing. Boy, howdy! Have I ever mentioned that my greatest weakness is being impaled on a sword? Yeah, no, that sure would yeah, suck if no, I got impaled I mean, on a sword. sometime. I mean, yeah,
2: no, they don't like spend a lot of that episode because like a lot of that uh, season one or season two finale of Amphibia is like more of like an action sequence of them trying to fight back against the Toads and all. And then it's only at, like, the very end where it's like, oh, yeah, this guy is the real bad guy of this franchise. And, like, trying to, like, get them back home real quick. And then, like, it's just very abrupt of, like, Marcy just getting stabbed from behind. Like, you see the sword poking out through her chest and all. <laughs> and it's like, oh, geez. I can see why they wanted to, like, put a fucking content warning on this episode. Because, God. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's like, it's not as clearly telegraphed they were going to do that compared to... Ida is definitely going to have her curse flare up here in the end again, okay. based on, all, uh, based on like I said, like one of the largest death flags possible, if this was like m- m- pretty much any other show, I feel.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I yeah. see where you're going with it. I just, I'm not sure I agree with the concept of death flags in the children's media like this. I don't know that kids are necessarily going to pick up on that the way we I,
2: do. I mean, f- I mean, fair. We're a bunch of people in our 30s. We are different than the demographic of, like, 14 to 17-year-olds watching this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah uh, sorry I,
2: yeah no I, I don't actually really have like a lot of like little notes i wrote down for like the after the episode stuff because like it's for as much as this episode is like really heavily focused on like the main plot and like the lore of the franchise and all there's not as much to really like discuss after i feel of those like little things i wanted to mention just because it's like it's a little more straightforward than i feel like most episodes yeah. And it kind of it gets that way for the most part in the rest of the series, I feel, because, like, even, like, my trivia section for both of these is pretty short as well, because, like, we kind of just don't get as much trivia anymore because of, like, their shorter series runtime, I guess. And also, like, I mean, we've also already met, like, pretty much every major character except two, which we meet in Season 2, A, and everything. So, yeah, it's, it's not as much, but, yeah, no, it's... It's a lot, and I also talked a lot enough, so I'm ready for a break anyway.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I guess in that case, I'll go ahead and jump into my episode, yeah? <laughs> sure. Uh, so mine is season one, episode 19 Young Blood, Old Souls. And we open with King reading a book called The Unauthorized History of the Boiling Isles, which I'm curious about, but it doesn't give us any more information. Uh, so he sort of recaps the way the islands came to be. They were made from a fallen titan. Um, It says that there are other titan bones out there in the boiling sea, but no other skeletons. And this is, I think, our first confirmation that the sea also boils, and that it's not just the rain, so that's fun. (laughs) And Yeah, yeah. yeah, he tells pretty much the same story Willow did last episode, about how magic was explored freely until Belos showed up, and blah blah blah. And that everyone who resists is a wild witch and is turned to stone as a punishment. But he's retreated into the castle for ages now, planning something. Um, this might put a wrench in my he's a house demon theory if he wasn't always in the castle.
1: <laughs> he, Maybe he became he, a house he demon. He could
0: have been
2: a, He could have been in the portable backpack, like Hootie is in episode three of season two, beforehand. We don't know.
1: So yeah, so here's the thing: Was Hootie always a house? Because it was established that worm demons are a thing. And not all of them are necessarily houses.
0: Yeah, hard to say. Do
2: if house demons are like little houses when they're babies, do they get this to be bigger houses as they grow? <laughs> 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 or is it like a hermit crab situation where they have to find bigger houses as they grow? We <laughs> <laughs> know they can rip himself from the house. Yeah, but true. <laughs> we don't. They're... Turn, turns out Hootie is just... Uh, There's a thing about like creatures like Hootie is just uh, terrifying. Because <laughs> Hootie <laughs> is a nightmare. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so um, King sort of speculates that the reason Bellos has been holed up like this is because he's been planning to catch Ida, but Luz doesn't particularly care because she's going to go save her anyway. Uh, I don't agree with this speculation of his, but it doesn't matter that much. <laughs> Uh, so she puts on the cloak that's been made from the magic sketty, and if I'm honest, it's more of a cape. But frankly, I still want one. Uh, there are no opening credits in this episode because we need every second of runtime here.
3: <laughs> oh
2: yeah, I didn't even yeah. realize that there was no opening credits for this one. Yeah, no, I mean, we they, just they, cut to yeah, the scene. Yeah, no, I kind of missed that they didn't have that.
1: Yeah, and and so like so so King, you know, gives the the spiel and loses. Like I'm 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 gonna go fucking armor up later, y'all. And the owl house has a an armory in yep. it?
2: Mm-hmm. We've mentioned about the armory a few times, like back in episode four when Luce grabs a hockey stick to fight what she thinks is going to be a monster that threatens Ida's life. And it's like, you Luce, do you, you just not know about the weapons room yet? <laughs> that Ida has like a fucking weapons locker? Whereas
0: she has like a fire axe and like knives and stuff? <laughs> And frankly too many yeah. swords. I didn't know Ida was a sword guy, but okay. I mean we know
2: We swords. know that Ida has watched Dragon Ball Z, or at least the the parody of Dragon Ball in this world, so I mean that's not a it's not unheard of that she would be into swords because of anime. <laughs>
0: yeah, fair. But yeah, so um Luce goes ahead and recaps the last episode real quick. Uh, I'm not going to recap her recap, that's too much effort. But King is very scared yeah. of how powerful Delos is, and doesn't really want to do this, but Loose feels responsible because it's her fault Ida got caught, and so she's going to fix it. And since she's going, King will help, of course, because he won't let his family all be left behind. Yeah. Uh, whoa.
2: Oops, somebody's, al- hmm? somebody's phone alarm is going
0: off Yeah sorry about that That's why we're supposed to record the podcast in 15 minutes alarm Because we usually oh, record
2: later Yeah, yeah we usually go at <laughs> 9 <was> <laughs> so, At least one of us is about to about that I don't have an alarm about that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, Yeah so uh, in Bellus' throne room Elbeast Ida is loose and she's just wrecking stuff So I guess she broke out of the list trap Before Lilith catches her again and at this point, Bellos arrives, and Ida breaks out again to attack him, but he's just way too high level for her and recaptures her by sliding around like some kind of weird meat monster.
2: I, I um, do like that little bit where, like, while Wall- Ida is, like, put in that bubble by Lilith. Like, you know, she's like kinda of berating her a bit and Aulita just sticks her tongue at her and Lilith's immediately like, I will not fall for your I will not stoop to your same level, but then immediately to her same level by sticking her tongue out her sister as well. <laughs> like it's like that <laughs> yeah. Lilith is not above it either.
1: <laughs> so uh so while while the Emperor is doing this shit, like he's re restraining Ida and throwing her around like a ragdoll, uh, Lilith, you know, is like, Hey, so we we've we've got we've got her now your Emperor Ines. can you can you heal her now and he he summons his staff which is mechanical yep not not it's full stop not like he does some steampunk staff. shit <laughs> which uh that that's probably an important plot point of some kind yep. uh but yeah he he su- he doesn't cure her but he like makes her like I'm trying he, to think of the right he, word he, like he takes her out of beast yeah, mode like, basically yeah. mentally he, like
2: restores her consciousness or something kind of deal like makes her cognizant of her surrounding
1: yeah. again gives her mental clarity I guess and they just talk shit
0: for a while <laughs> yeah uh, he mostly just wants the portal door but she doesn't want to give it to him and so coven members drag her away to the, you know, curse healing room, except not really. But,
2: but also, it's like, at this point, if he wants the portal door, why is he not having anybody search Ida to make sure she doesn't have it in her, like, uh, bag of holding hair? <laughs> like, like yeah. why would you not immediately check her just
0: to make sure, my guy? I'm also mildly <laughs> curious why Ida didn't give Luz the portal door when she thought she was going to die, because she did tell Luz to go home. <laughs>
2: Yeah, also that. <laughs> she was like, go back to your own family, Luce, and all. Or, I guess she actually didn't say that fully.
0: Yes, yeah, she does
2: that later on in this episode. But it's like... Actually, I guess, no, yeah. she doesn't really even tell Luce to go home. It's like, it's more Lilith saying, like, go back to your own world. And it's like, well, how?
1: <laughs> yeah, Eda, all Ida told her was, like, take care of King and Hootie. Yeah. So, okay, fair. <laughs> uh, But so we get the moment, finally, where Lilith is like, so, hey, so you're you're going to heal my sister like you promised, right? And he's just like... Nah. No, no, <laughs> nah, not really. Yeah, she's like, but you promised me. He's like, but I'm Lilith, so. Yeah, like
2: obviously you don't know. You're working for the fastest here, Lilith.
1: <laughs> yes, it is the Titan's will that I screw you over, you fucking imbecile. Now go do my bidding some more, even though I am deliberately not giving you the one thing that you wanted in exchange for doing my yep. bidding. Go, go,
0: go murder Albert. <laughs> Yeah, that was another question I had. I don't know why he didn't just eat Albert, but I guess it doesn't matter that much.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's a talisman yeah. You would think that he would just save him for later, to just to be like, yeah, okay, I got the biggest like bawversome like person to me by having her like restrained and petrified. So, yep, gonna eat her staff now. Num num. I know. Yep. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So yeah. Um we cut to the news where Perry Porter is explaining that Ida is going to be petrified. Uh the first person to be petrified in thirty years. Clearly yeah, untrue. We, yeah, we raised that is, is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> and watching this, King explains to Luce that petrification is absolutely permanent once finished and only done to the worst of criminals. So Luce has a little bit of a rage attack, which, frankly, reasonable and King tries to calm her down from this, which is very weird. He's he's not usually the empathetic one. No. <laughs> but uh...
1: I th- I think on some level he realizes that lose is his only hope of getting Eda back. Yeah, I mean, okay. and, and he knows that like he can't be the one that does the thinking because that's not what he's good <laughs> yeah. at, and he needs lose to do Pretty it. Much. It's like, listen, I'm. I'm stupid, but I'm smart enough to know that I need you to think straight.
2: <laughs> he is also only eight years old, as we find out in season 32 as yeah. well. So it's like, he is more of a child than loose.
1: So we get this honestly really great gag where like, okay, we need to get sent to the conformatorium. How are we going to get in? And then they see some guards walking around and King's like, okay, we need to do the most evil, diabolical shit I can <laughs> think of and they just go to a patch of grass where they keep off the grass sign, and they just stand on it and go, Hey, guard! Whoa! Look at what we're doing!
2: Which apparently that is enough to be sent to, essentially, gay conformatory, like the gay conversion uh, chamber, essentially.
1: That is a fun thing about uh, kids' television, is knowing that there are keep-off-the-grass signs, but not why. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh. Yeah, so they get carted off to the Conformatorium, where Wrath meets the cart, anticipating his revenge on Luce. But when he opens it, she just takes him out, basically right away, with a huge vine from a plant glyph, and then an ice trap. She makes him draw a map, and, I don't know, she's just gotten really good at this.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is actually a really great uh, bit of storytelling to have her go up against, like... The main villain from the first episode, and take him out in like ten
0: yeah, seconds. Not even Especially a fucking problem. because like Ida had so much trouble with him back in the day.
1: Well, yeah. also Ida was not using any magic against him. Was, That's
2: she was true. just smacking him. She was but she, she wasn't even casting like a basic little like fire spell or anything. She was just smacking him with her stick.
1: Yeah, she she traps Warden Wrath in like this cage of like ice spikes, and like she makes abundantly clear, like, okay, you're going to tell me where she is, or I'm going to impale your skull. All right. <laughs>
2: It's also very funny that like uh, shortly after that when like Kikimura is berating him for like letting Luce escape and also giving her directions when in about fifteen minutes time she'll just be standing there with Luce having a tiny fireball hovering above her, just threatening her and she immediately caves too. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, yeah. you can't you can't like call people out for uh immediately surrendering Kikimura if you do the same.
1: <laughs> yeah. Then again, Kikimura's job isn't to be the fighter. She's yeah, like no. the administrator or something. I'm not really clear on what her <laughs> yeah, she, job she, is. She calls Extremely herself the.
2: Uh, yeah, she, she's referred to at some points as the Emperor's assistant. So, like, I guess she is basically Bellis' secretary, more, more or less. Yeah. I mean, she's the one doing the tour, so it's like, yeah, like, she she seems like she's, no. like, you know, she's the assistant, but she's not of, like, any bit of, like, important status compared to, like, Hunter and Lilith.
1: So what's great is, uh, as as this berating is going on, Lilith walks up and is like, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And we cut to the shot of, like, not Luz taking out the guards, but, like, the (laughs) aftermath of her taking out a hallway full of guards. And they're just like trapped by plants and frozen in an ice block or on fire and well, it's, it's not great even
2: on fire it's just one guard is like cowering like oh, against the wall as there's just, just a little like bonfire near him it's like there's um, just a bit of the ground on fire and he's just cowering entirely <laughs> she saw
0: the big anime fight earlier she knew she had to step it up yeah <laughs> yeah uh, was...
1: oh, also, there's a little bit of an establishing shot that Willow and uh, Gus are here somewhere. In yeah, the this is
0: outside, where the citizens of the Boiling Isles have gathered for the petrification, but they're really unsure about whether Bita actually deserves this. And Gus and Willow are here, they're they expect that Luce is doing something stupid, so they came to help her, except then they immediately split up to go find her well in hostile territory, so good job on the doing something stupid part, guys.
2: Yep. Hey, they're, they're teenagers, they don't think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, how old are the characters the, in the show supposed so, to be? So
2: everybody, ex- like, the main teenagers except Gus are 14, Gus is 12 because he mentions he was,
1: like, bumped up two years. Yeah I, do, yeah, I do remember that. He, sp- he specifies that he's younger than yeah, everybody
2: else. Yeah, he, he's, he's 12. He's just two years younger. Like, it's never specified entirely how old Ida and Lilith are, but, like, I mean, Dana did say that she always thought that they were, like, in their, like, early 40s or so, with Lilith being about, like, two years old than her. So, like, maybe, like, around, like, 42 or so in Ida's case and 44 for Lilith or so. We're not fully sure about Bellows. I remember there's also one point where... I think she said that uh, Hunter is 16, so he's a little bit older. And as we also find out in Season 2, King is 8. <laughs> and and okay. Hootie is just an infinite amount of years old because Amity at one point says that house demons get wonky after a couple thousand years. So Hootie's just ancient, I guess.
1: <laughs>
0: Alright. Well, yeah. Um, Loose reaches the dungeon where Eda's being kept, and Eda is all beastie again at first, but then her mind comes back when a light glyph lights up, so I'm not entirely clear on what bellows did to her earlier but it's clearly not permanent um loose tries to break the chains that are holding her but it kind of fails it seems like they might be absorbing the magic and ida says it's because her magic isn't strong enough which i'm suspicious of because we've seen her do some pretty incredible magic by this point
2: yeah i mean she froze the lock to get in here but i guess this is like some weird like
0: anti-magic metal or something that these are made of yeah, but like... but, like, if you pay attention, she doesn't just try the ice one. She tries all of her glyphs, and it just absorbs all of them.
2: I think I think it's actually that she's really yeah. just trying fire to melt it. Because, like, I mean, there's always that little, like, like reddish spark or whatever when it fizzles out. So I think it's just she's trying to melt it in this case rather than freezing it like the other one. I mean, one.
0: that's one of them, but like I say, she tries all of the glyphs, and none of them do anything.
2: <laughs> I'll have to rewatch because I didn't re- see the plant or the, the ice one at all during it. Yeah, but
0: Hmm. either way, Ida takes responsibility for this whole thing, saying that it's not really Luce's fault she was caught, and that Luce needs to leave. She doesn't regret living her life free, but knows that this is because she did. So, there you go, I guess. And, of course, Luce doesn't want to leave. She goes ahead and title-drops her show again, which is very kind of her. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And, yeah, she (laughs) says that she and Ida are family, and she doesn't want to leave her but Ida gives her the portal key, which she's had in her hair this whole time, saying that Luz already has a family and should go back. And to destroy the portal door with fire magic when she gets home, which tells me that Ida thinks glyphs will work in the other world at least.
1: Yeah, I, we find out later this episode that, that they don't. So. Yeah, I, I guess, in, in fairness, like, Ida didn't know about gl- glyphs before now. <laughs> It was like a lost art or something, Yeah, and so, she's
2: also not really, like, yeah. paying yeah. close attention to them much until, like, when you know in Season 2 when she doesn't have her usual magic, so it's like she probably doesn't even, like, really think about the fact that they draw magic from the aisles rather than yeah. just creating magic from nothing, which is why they don't work in the human realm.
0: It is a little different. Yeah. I mean, we, we know for a fact that magic works in the human realm, so it's interesting that this specifically yeah, well, doesn't, but... Well, so the magic
2: that we see that does work in the human realm is ones cast by witches themselves using either their palisman or their bile but the magic that Luce does with glyphs, like, you know, that's established in episode 12 that it's from the islands, so it's like it's drawing from, like, the magic yeah. of the titan, I guess, but the titan doesn't well, exist on Earth, obviously.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, there's magical artifacts too, and those don't lose potency, so... Yep. Yeah. yeah.
1: Hmm, so, uh, so, at this point, uh, after uh, Ida opens the door, uh, her chains transform into a cage and she starts getting lifted like it's time for the execution. And just we get this dramatic moment of, you know, her trying to hang onto the platform and Ida pushing her off and her just being like, no! And she breaks down sobbing. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, like, I don't want to undersell it. It actually is really oh, effective, yeah, no, like, like, but I'm not going to do a, a good impression. Yeah, no, I it. didn't
2: mention it at the time, but, like, that last scene when, uh, in the, episode, in the previous episode when Luce fall, like collapses at home and everything, that's when I was a little bit tearing up, and I also was tearing up at this when she was like talking to Ida and saying goodbye, basically. Where it's like, yeah, no, I've seen these episodes multiple times, and it still gets me. <laughs> Thanks,
0: Jen. <Estrogen. laughs> you, <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lilith bursts in, carrying King to find Luz crying on the floor, and Luz, understandably, immediately switches to rage and tries to destroy her. <laughs> Um, she, Lilith claims that she just wants to talk, but Luz kind of won't listen and forces her through the portal, so they're having their fight in the human world now, but Lilith has magic and Luz suddenly doesn't. The glyphs don't work. So Luz says that Lilith is the one who deserves to be petrified, and she agrees which calms things down long enough for us to have a flashback sequence. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we get uh, Lilith and Ida being friends as kids, and a shot of Lilith helping young Ida heal by doing, like, a wound-splitting thing. Not entirely clear on how this works, but I guess if I were to make it a metaphor, it would be like taking half the hit point damage herself to reduce her yeah, allies' it's, damage. It, it's, it's using pain splits from Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Lilith wanted to be a part of the Emperor's Coven, basically as long as she's been around, so at least it's been... I don't know, she's in her 40s, and I don't know, call her 10 at this point. That's only 10 years from, or 20 years from when Bellows took over, so... No, no, uh, Bellows... Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, it would have been like 10 years since Bellows had taken over. So yeah. yeah, Yeah. he's been around only about a decade at this point.
0: But uh, Ida wanted to stick with her, but there was only one spot at the tryouts, and they had to duel for it. Lilith knew she was going to lose, so she went to the Night Market and found a curse that would take her magic away. Which was marked specifically with Albert, which was interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, and she thought it would only work for like a day, apparently. Uh, which you know, I, and, you know, I kind of get it, dumb kid stuff, yeah. you know. But like, which and like, I I also kind of get that like these kinds of mistakes the kids make like get exacerbated a hundredfold when you live in a world with magic and <laughs> shit. Yep. Um. But we get this—we get this thing where she like just she ends up cursing her sister for life, and to really, really rub it in, really just put some salt in the wound. Uh, before the curse like kicks in, it's revealed that Ida was good, was planning to just forfeit so Lilith could have the the spot because she didn't really want the spot that badly anyway. Yeah,
2: she's just like yeah, I decided the covenant system isn't really for me. Have fun. <laughs> also worth pointing out, uh, just in the stadium uh, watching. The, uh supposed battle between Lilith and Ida, we do see Alador and Odalia as their younger selves, just sitting there in the stadium in the background. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have I mean, these parents just sitting there watching this shit happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. So back in the present, um, Lilith tells Luz that the reason she's been chasing Ida all this time is because Bellos promised to cure the curse, and I think this is the first time Luz hears about that, but since Bellos lies, she wants to help save her sister, and gives Albert and Ida staff back, and they sort of enter an uneasy truce, but they're going to work together. And as they're going back through the door, Luce does pause dramatically, looking into the human realm, just staring wistfully. I think... I kind of get the feeling she already knows what she's going to do, but that's... Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think some part of her is like, should I, should I try and tell my mom what's going on before I... <laughs> Ah, uh, uh, there's no time. Yeah, it's really just a case and of I, like,
2: yeah, he doesn't really like it the position for the petrification, and it's like, there's just not enough time.
1: I do like that they don't have Luz explain out loud what she's thinking in this moment. <laughs> I like that they make it wordless. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, you, you can definitely get the gist that, like, in this moment, she's considering that she might have to destroy the portal to protect the human realm, basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah so at the conformatorium Ida arrives on stage and then a freaky statue machine rises out of the stage and begins to petrify her below the stage Lilith takes Lucian King to a platform that'll get them up there saying that she's gonna stay in the coven and make sure nothing like this ever happens again which like no this... no yeah Even if changing things from the inside worked this isn't like a reformable system it's an absolute monarchy
1: yeah I think I think Lilith. Uh, I, I think she thinks well one of two things: either she thinks she can just lead lose to the stage and then like bail before anything goes down, or she's just lying to lose. <laughs> you know, to to like not make her feel too bad about what's going to happen to her. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, either way, it doesn't matter because the emperor shows up E fucking yeah,
0: just Right there. <laughs> yeah. So the lights come on and he grabs Lilith and King with his weird, freaky meat tendrils, and this whole room is full of freaky organic meat tendrils. It's extremely gross.
1: Yep. But
0: yeah, he he has
1: meat uh m- meatokinesis or whatever. <laughs> I guess is his main power. <laughs> He, he he manipulates flesh, and it is exactly as unpleasant yeah, as
2: that he's sounds. A, he's a meat bender. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he's a full-on simisi. Um
2: Oh yeah, yeah, he is a debussy slice crafter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, since Lilith betrayed him, he throws her and King into the petrification cage, and this is exactly what I was talking about. You cannot change a monarchy from the inside unless you're doing assassinations. Um, I mean, hey, as, yeah, as we'll basically. see in seven
2: episodes Time, kind of what Rain's up to, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they definitely do straight up tell Ida, like, yeah, we should just wipe these guys the fuck out. <laughs> yep.
0: So in the cage, Ida is very mad that Lilith hurt loose and promises to tear her apart before being petrified. And she does absolutely try to kill Lilith, but King stops her, explaining that Lilith had betrayed the Emperor for her, which, I don't know if that would have stopped me in this situation, but you do you. Uh, Gus and Willow hear that the living king are in the cage now, and they do interrupt the um, the commentary, stealing the mic from Gus's dad because this is apparently his dad. Um, I guess this means his last name is Porter. I don't think we've heard that before, but there you go. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. If...
1: Was it? Yeah. Was it previously established that? Augustus's dad was in the news or I whatever. I don't think it was. I don't think because so. If think...
0: It was. I don't know why he wouldn't have just interviewed his dad for the interview a famous influential person excitement. Yeah, because no, like I'm pretty sure this is the first
2: actual appearance of him, and I think he's only in like one other episode when he's doing the uh, the commentary for the the Grand Prix in episode seven. For mm-hmm. Gus, is just there, like helping out illusions for the presentation.
0: Yeah. So they get the microphone and they tell the audience that this is wrong and. Ida doesn't deserve this, and everybody seems to agree. It's mostly all the people she's helped in the crowd, so they're very easily swayed and start to chant. Um, Downstairs, Luce is trying to fight Belos, but he moves like a weird flesh monster thing. He can just sort of dissolve himself at will, so she can't pin him down. And he puts her through what's basically an obstacle course of spells, including summoning the worm thing from the intro. Yep. But Luce kills that basically immediately and dodges the rest as he's making fun of her. And finally, he grows some weird hands to pin her down. At which point, she hits him in the eye with a shard of ice. It's one of the ice spikes she used to threaten Wrath earlier. And this is the first time we've seen him, you know, seem to get hurt at all.
1: Yeah, he definitely, like. Yeah, it seems like it just hurt his helmet. It doesn't seem like it actually hit him in the eye or anything. But it came close. Yeah, he
2: definitely he definitely does recoil and says like ah or whatever when he gets hit. So it's like it's it's enough that it's like, yeah, you at least got a decent shot and yeah. took him by surprise. Yeah. Doesn't I mean like else aside he's for that, very
0: surprised.
2: Yeah, because, like aside <laughs> for that, like Luce is like clearly outclassed here. Like she's able to like keep up a bit with uh, avoiding getting just fucking murdered, but it's like he's really not getting much yeah. in
1: Yeah. It, it is at least very important to establish that like he thought she was utterly helpless and that is that is not the case. Yeah. So,
0: like, I don't know how well this comparison works, but Superman is always standing around and letting people shoot him. I think I would still recoil if I was invulnerable, so I don't know if this hurts him or not. But he definitely recoils. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So he says he likes Luce's spirit and offers her a chance to save Ida if she hands over the portal door. And upstairs, the petrification starts, and Ida actually uses her giant albeast body to shield the others, which is interesting and nice. Uh, Bellus promises that he doesn't want to invade the human realm, that the Titan has something else in mind, and Luz capitulates. She apologizes to her mom as she hands over the door.
1: Oh, God. Okay, so real real quick thing. I got to cut in, and this (laughs) is specific to Disney+. And it is something that they fixed for the second season, but it is something that is still a problem in season Mm -hmm. one. And it is in the subtitles, and I use the subtitles because as established a moment ago, I am... I have problems with concentrating on yeah. things uh, and, and paying attention to things, so like, I like to have subtitles on for shows that I'm watching. Uh, and whenever Luz speaks Spanish, instead of just writing the Spanish text, it just puts a caption, like it's a sound effect, speaking Spanish. Oh, that's bad. And that like, sucks. like
2: The site I use, it doesn't actually just do captions for them, but it's like... You don't need it for the most part. of Lucy's little bit so she speaks Spanish. I feel like the biggest one where. it...
1: Well, I'm not saying I I, I don't want them to translate yeah. it. I want them to put the Spanish there. I want them to write what she right, is yeah. saying.
2: Like you want to actually say "Lo siento, mama" instead of. Just speaking yeah, I want I want to say that so that like,
1: because like like if if you're if you're whether you're you know of of hearing or not like. You can and you don't even if you don't speak Spanish. You can like see what she's saying and like see her emotions and from context clues figure out the gist of it. You know, but like you can't do that if you're deaf and the subtitles just say speaking Spanish.
2: (laughs) Like they they at least do this a lot better in Amphibia season three because there actually are a few points where characters will speak Thai because Anne's family is Thai. So it's like they actually will translate that Mm -hmm. because it's like the likelihood of people in the audience knowing Thai is sadly pretty low. It's not like how, like, a lot of people know Spanish, or at least can, like, infer what Luce is saying, even if they don't know it. It's, like, the biggest part of, like, Luce speaking Spanish where you might not fully understand what she's saying is definitely in, like, Season 2, Episode 5, when she talks to herself
1: after, like, Amity gets fired kind of deal.
2: So, but but like for the most, yeah.
1: And like, I'm fine. I'm fine with not understanding yeah. it because again, I can get it from context yeah. clues. And the fact that she occasionally just breaks into Spanish is an important part yeah, of her character. Like
2: it, for the most part, it's but just... I,
1: I still want them to write what she is saying, even if they don't translate yeah, like, it. For
2: the most part, it's just her. Like she says some Spanish when she's like excited or frustrated or in this case, sad. And it's like, you, know, you don't, you don't need the full context of what she's saying to understand the meaning. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's a problem with a lot of animation. I right? use mm-hmm. subtitles for everything, and yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So with that, um, Bellows lifts the platform up to put Luce on stage, and he is just lifting her up with a meat evader. It's awful. I hate it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it. Yeah. And then what's great is so she she gave him the suitcase, and then he sends her up, and she's like, I, I forget what he says to prompt the line, but she's like. I may have lost this fight, but so did you. And then she like hits uh, Ida's staff to the ground, and like some glyphs that she taped to the suitcase activate, and the suitcase explodes. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, that's something that uh, I didn't mention, but there definitely is one point where, like, when she first starts to fight with Bellows, she does like basically summon her ice glyph without actually using the glyph, but she's using Owlbert. So it's just like more evidence that she would be able to actually use like proper full magic if she had a staff of her own. Like most of the most of that fight, she is still yeah. using glyphs and everything, and she does here too. But she can also still like re- remotely activate them because usually has to like tap the glyph to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let her please let her make her palisman soon. I want to see. If I want, I want this one. I mostly just want the stupid debate of whether she's gonna make an otter or a snake or a bat talisman to go away, because those are like the three main ones that everybody thinks. It's Like just, <laughs> just let her carve something, just end that fucking discussion. <laughs>
3: she's,
1: she's just gonna, gonna make another owl like her mentor, and it's gonna be an I mean, owl. Yeah, actually, yeah. To be
2: fair, like uh, a bird of some sort is like the fourth most common one, but everybody thinks it's like ever gonna be an otter because of her otter thing. Mm-hmm. Uh the bat because of her bat phone and also her bat picture on the Tamagotchi family since she's represented by a cat or people think a snake because if you look at the opening title of like the the owl house name like you have like one staff kind of looking design up to the the owl that represents the o and there's kind of another one going down to the s in in house so people think oh that's a snake so that's Lucy's palace and it's like i don't see that one as much as like bat or even Bird or whatever, but it's like, people are always just keep debating on what is her palisman going to be. It's like, just find something else to
0: talk about. <laughs> wow, Gravity Falls really yeah. hurt these guys, huh? I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's...
1: Um. So, so yeah. So, uh she goes up to the stage, throws a plant thing and breaks the petrification machine. Uh And Ida thankfully was not fully petrified, but she... so, like, it's still theoretically reversible, but she is... Pretty fucked up. Uh and Kikimura is like she's getting ready to like try and start some shit and loses. just like she summons a fireball and is like, Don't you fucking dare, you little shit. Don't you don't you do it. You open the cage right now, I swear to God. I, I fucking tried to I, I I came so close to stabbing your king in the eye, I am do not mess with me, you little gremlin. <laughs> I mean she doesn't say quite that many words, but
0: the meaning is, the yeah. is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean of course after this Kikimora just opens the cage <laughs> and uh, they are surrounded by guards at this point but L-Beast Ida can fly so they just fly away on her back. And this is what I was talking about earlier where Bello straight up lies because he pretends that the whole thing was his idea saying the Titan led him to let Edict told him to let Ida go. Yeah, but, but mm-hmm. that the curse will remove the rest of her magic as a punishment. And
1: yeah, it's, it's a lot of uh, him, him playing Spin Doctor for himself. Yeah, exactly. And like, like leaning like leaning into the idea that, like, this guy is... He is powerful, but also he is a fucking huckster more than anything yep. else. Yeah, yeah. honestly, Bull- I don't he is, see how he is anyone believes
0: this. Because, yeah, maybe the Titan did tell him to let Ida go, but they very clearly just saw Luz storm the stage and wreck the machine.
1: <laughs> yeah, but also... Uh, again, it, like a, a, an average of two to three unprecedented times yeah. a day. Like I just, it's just like I buy it now. Like when I was a kid, I wouldn't have bought it, but I buy it now. Yeah. <laughs> like like that, like that is the thing. Is I I I have lived a life and live in a world where when the the further into adulthood I get, the more believable I find fucking Saturday morning cartoon villains, yeah, pretty like, much just <laughs> not, not, like like I don't like fuck sympathetic villains with understandable motivations, No, nah, just the, the fucking snidely whiplashes of the world it turns out are the ones in charge,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean hey the our current crop of iso modern day villains actually put Captain Planet villains the same, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, that's getting depressing. But anyway, yeah. so we, we fly back to the Owl House.
0: And uh, yes, Ida sort of crashes there at the end. She's not in a great way at this point. And Luce offers to go get more elixir, but Lilith says it's too late for that and uses the same pain split spell from earlier to take half of the curse. So they both regain human form, but each of them has one gray eye now. Um, Ida just straight up can't do magic anymore. And Lilith does say she's been weakened, which I could use some clarification on, but you know.
1: Well, she says I also feel I've been weakened, so she doesn't try a spell. But the implication is that she can't do magic anymore. Yeah, either.
0: and, and we, we.
1: Although weirdly, with it being a kid show, where you know you would think they'd want to make shit as explicit as possible, you'd think they'd also show her trying and failing to do a yeah, spell. we,
2: we do. But... We do get that in the season one uh, opening, is the well, uh, season two uh, first episode at the least, when she tries to like shoot ice at the fire bees, but she just makes a little ice cube. Where it's like, she, she's able to do magic, but not nearly to the point where he could before. Like, he's not fully robbed of it like Ida, it seems. Because, like, Ida's spell circles just fizzle. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so Luce says she'll teach them what she's learned so much so far about glyph magic, which is very forgiving of her to teach Lilith at this point. Yeah, a little bit. And, though. you know, what she doesn't know, they'll figure out together. So, Ida uses a glyph for the first time and makes a little light ball that soars off into the sky, and she thanks Luce. At which point we cut to Luce recording herself telling the whole story on her phone and with the intention that she's going to send it to her mom. And She shows off the piece of Bellos' mask she broke and uses it as proof that he can be hurt. But She doesn't really know how she'll get home, but promises to figure it out. And finally... Yep.
1: And then she does some speaking Spanish. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah... I mean, it's like, if you don't actually know at all what it is, it's like, you just also make it... It sounds, it sounds a lot like she's just saying her own name, because she does this straight up saying, loose, it's just for light. Because <laughs> if I remember correctly, if yeah. like saying something like, leave a
1: light on for me, I love you, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like, you can kind of get the gist yeah. of it. Um, And then it's time for the, the final, like, twisty <laughs> reveal. We cut back to the castle, and it turns out the Emperor is rebuilding the door.
0: Yeah, it's... Like, this place is all machines, which seems a little weird considering everything else has been meat rooms, but this is, yeah, he's reassembling the door in what looks kind of like a giant version of the top of his staff, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, He he's a steampunk meat man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And you can, you can feel free to hold on to that phrase, because like, I feel like that's the best way to describe his whole jam, is he's a steampunk I mean, hey, man. that
2: might actually just be the episode title, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I take it. We but try yeah. to always take it from things we say during the episode, and that seems like probably the best one I have so far that I could think of.
0: <laughs> that or don't All overthink
2: right. it. it. <laughs> <laughs> don't overthink it. <laughs> it's a <dumb> yeah. <laughs> So Do
0: so, uh, well, you have trivia on those?
2: uh just a few little bits like i it's only just a few little things here uh the one major one here is that bellows's voice actor is matthew reese i think that's how he spells his last name r-h-y-s mm-hmm. he did the voice of uh Aloise turtle from infinity train who we mentioned back in adventures in the elements because one of the king's plushies the turtle is straight up named Aloise turtle just in <laughs> a reference that he also played. Uh, apparently, his two like more noteworthy recent roles are it's Philip Jennings in *The Americans*, and he was Lloyd Vogel in the *Mr. Rogers Neighborhood* movie *A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood*. Can't speak to either of those other two because I, honestly, he doesn't seem as like that prolific. But I, I recognize <laughs> his name at least, so I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure where I'd heard it then before. But yeah, uh, the only two things I have here actually like one of them is just worth mentioning that trivia kind of just falls off because they're shorter uh runtime for the show entirely so like i feel like they don't sneak as much little things in the background but the major thing here is i kind of fully forgot that not only like obviously i remember that we see hunter as the golden guard in the last shot of young blood souls <laughs> but i also forgot he's in the previous episode as well because he's like standing next to bellows in the scene where Lilith reports her failed attempt to capture ida he's just standing <laughs> right next to Bellos' throne totally <laughs> forgot he was there <laughs> yeah yeah, it's, it's just, like, it's very interesting that he's just there in these two episodes when it's, like, he hasn't been, like, introduced at all beforehand or even, like, alluded to. But then, like, season two, episode one, girls around and everyone's like, oh, we're talking about the Golden Guard. And it's like, oh, he's just this jackass, teen prodigy shithead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that, that's kind of all of it. And I feel like the trivia section might go away for season two because we just don't get as much. Like, obviously, I'll mention it when we actually are properly introduced to Hunter and like later on v for their voice actors because like their voice actors are way more prolific than matthew reese because like everybody knows them
0: well, but, yeah I mean, uh, even young ida is in this episode that's natalie palomitas so oh who's that um she was in the powerpuff girls reboot and uh star versus the forces of evil she does a lot of cartoon oh. voices
2: oh okay yeah I, I didn't make a note to get her voice or uh those younger voice i actually think that like Oh, I didn't look it up. I just recognized her speaking. (laughs) Oh, okay. Because I also think that for season two, the one flashback we get of younger Lilith, I think she's just straight up voiced by Sissy Jones just doing like a younger teen kind of voice instead of whoever they Mm -hmm. had for season one. I think they replaced her.
0: Yeah. I think... um... Do we want to do a crimes count this episode or are there just too many there, there, there's a lot yeah <laughs> i mean what one thing i just want to bring up
2: here that wasn't really mentioned in everything else she did she does also just straight up destroy public property when she smashed that crystal ball after watching the news report about Ida and the <laughs> and it so it's like that's that's like the biggest thing that really sticks out compared to like everything else because everything else is just stuff she's done before
0: but it's yeah, like, yeah, no, she,
2: yeah. she just straight up destroys that TV, essentially. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Attempted Regicide is a new one.
2: <laughs> Fair, yeah. She hasn't she yeah. directly attacked the Emperor's Coven beforehand, really, aside from Morten Rath. <laughs> yeah.
1: And there's some repeat offenses, you know, a jailbreak. Yeah. Att- stuff like attempted that. Attempted theft, endangerment of others, mm-hmm. yeah. Just the usual.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess in that case, shall we move to questions?
2: Oh, yeah, we actually do have a yeah. few here. Alright, uh, let's go ahead and start with the one for Mike because they're actually here. Uh, <laughs> we, we have, yeah. uh, the, 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 this one and some other questions I came up with will come from, uh, Erica on the Discord. So, Erica has some questions for us. She, the major one for Mike is asking what Mike's palisman would be, but also that she feels like their whole Twitter would make it a bit obvious.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. It
2: would be <laughs> yeah. a rabbit. <laughs> yeah, no, when I, saw, when I saw that, it's like, oh, it's gonna be a bunny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> would, would it flap its ears to fly would,
1: huh? like, yeah. yeah oh definitely 100 yeah. percent. it'd be it'd be like cream from the sonic
2: okay. <laughs> uh, i think i had also seen a uh, fan artist somebody's like witzona where their bunny was like on the back of the staff and it flies uh it basically flies by just turning its uh, ears into a propeller <laughs> instead of flapping them <laughs> that okay that's, yeah, that, that's, that would that's really... be pretty goofy <laughs> But yeah uh erica also asks uh what would you be wanted for in the boiling isles and how big would your bounty be <laughs> which i'm not sure what mine would be even despite the fact that uh patch keeps saying that i'm the most wanted criminal in the boiling
0: isles <laughs> <laughs> listen it's a thing we've established yeah, b- it yeah
2: but, but like homo- like queer phobia doesn't exist in the boiling isles so my easy go-to doesn't work
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, well, I'll tell you what mine hmm. would be, and it's breaking into the forbidden section of the library every week.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, that would be a pretty good uh, thing to actually try to do because it's like, there's probably interesting shit in there.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. I probably wouldn't even get that far because I probably would have been murdered by detention. <laughs> uh. We did just kind of move on from the fact that the standard punishment in that school is a is some sort of hell oh, mom yep, eats yep. children. <laughs> just a straight up, starlight like pit, basically. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I I kind of got nothing for this question. I'll be honest. Uh, I'm I, I keep seeing I keep like thinking uh, like in the D and D terms of being like the like chaotic neutral or the uh, chaotic good kind of person, but no, in reality, I'm lawful good. I'm too afraid of getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I'm a coward now. I can't imagine living under an evil emperor, I'd be any braver.
2: <laughs> but yeah, uh, we also have some questions from Casey, as she usually also sends ones in to us. Uh, one here that she sends is What kind of stuff did you expect going into season two?
1: Uh, I mean, I've been watching season two. Yeah, so... like, well, I guess what was your um... headspace
2: after you finished season one? Like, what did you think would happen? <clears throat>
1: I, I definitely was expecting them to go further into what the deal was with, like, with the Emperor. Uh, I I was, and I, I think that was kind of it. I didn't really know what else to
2: Yeah, like, assume. like, Bellis' whole deal is something that, since he's only in two episodes in season one, is like, oh, that was, like, kind of, like, a gimme, I feel, of, like, yeah, there has to be stuff with him that we'll find out. Which I'm still surprised yeah. that we got the face reveal, which I was expecting that to be like way later in season two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I get. I guess also like the thing I could think of most of that is just gay shit. I was expecting lots more gay shit, especially with how, <laughs> especially with how they had left Amity because like I mean we we kind of glossed over it, but we did actually just see Amity oh. watching the news report about the petrification in episode 19. But she yeah. she doesn't have any speaking lines. She just has like a little cameo basically because like she doesn't. Unfortunately, so that, we had to do anything until Season
1: 2, Episode 2. That is one expectation that's that the Season 2 that's out so far has already shattered. I expected the will-they-won't-they they with uh, Amity and Luz to go a lot oh, longer. Oh, yeah, no, same. Uh, I did not expect them to actually, like like, finally step forward and ask each other out as quickly as yeah. they did, and again, did not expect it to be during the Hootie <laughs> yeah, episode. Also
2: that. I mean, like, even, like, when they did episode two, where it's like, as soon as Zavity is just straight up says, stay away from my loose, it's like, oh, this is just the gay shit. <laughs> Somehow they're making this even gayer than the gay sports and gay prom, because they're just making it pretty fucking apparent.
0: <laughs> yeah. This might seem like a weird one, but I kind of expected them to deal with more human world stuff. I mean, I know we got the one episode, and I know the portal door was destroyed, but the way Bellows talks about it in this episode, I really felt like it was a bigger part of whatever he had going on, and so I thought we'd be over there a lot more, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, probably no. Could be There's... that we still get that in Season 2, or one of the specials.
1: There's, uh, it may not happen now, because again, plans are being kind of upended, but I'm expecting that at least the plan was... We were probably going to eventually get an episode that was entirely a flashback of uh, what's his name, the Journal Guy, oh, Philip. Yeah, like, get his whole story.
2: Yeah, yeah I feel like um, we might not get as much about Philip just for time constraints, like you said. But like we still have gotten like a pretty yeah. decent amount about him. And like I mean, the way yeah. that season two uh, eight, ends with like the reveal that he had a brother and that he was there too, but it's like his journal hasn't mentioned him yet. It's like that's still a big deal. What's going on there?
1: Yeah, I I've, I was fully expecting like there to eventually come an episode that like the the whole thing is a flashback. Like the start is like Luz or whoever the, bursting in on the Emperor or his brother or somebody, and then being like, "Well, let me tell you the whole story." And yeah. then like that's and then that's
2: the like, episode. like the straight up like the two parter in Korra season two of like here's the story of the first Avatar kind of deal.
0: No, I just want a whole episode of the Echo Mouse narrating. <laughs> <laughs>
2: squeak 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 uh yeah casey also asks uh what would you do for portal door assuming you can control where it opens to (laughs) i feel like my easy answer here is just i would just make it be like a a warp to like the grocery store so i don't have to drive there anymore (laughs) just the laziest stupid first world problems shit just yeah no i don't want to (laughs) drive just bring it like have it make me go to the food or my job or something
1: yeah, I'm if not going to lie,
0: I would like, uh, use it for crime. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, not not to get too sappy about it, but I am in a long-distance relationship, so I, I know what oh, I would yeah. be immediately using yeah, it for. Yeah, fair. So...
2: Yeah, no, I'm single. No, all looking for a job, so mine are lazy options. <laughs> mine are not to see my SO, nor to do crimes. Mine is just, I don't want to drive to 10 minutes to the grocery store.
0: <laughs> Bring me the stop and shot portal door. <laughs> To be clear, when I say crimes, I do mean crossing a border illegally because my girlfriend lives in Texas and I'm in Canada.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but uh, I guess that's a crime technically, but whatever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, K-
2: Casey also has this one goofy uh, question just based on uh, my one tweet being like, yeah, if you send us questions, or if you just want to ask Quill about Elden Ring, uh, Casey also says, who in the Boiling Owls stole a PlayStation and is playing Souls games? And I feel like the obvious answer is King, but he had to either help and steal it. <laughs> I feel like King would be the kind of person trying to play the Souls games and just being terrible at them and complaining about why they're so unfair.
0: Honestly, I think it's the guy who eats his own eyeballs. That seems very in character for those games. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, if, you, if you're just yeah, thinking about Bloodborne, yeah, yeah considering how that game goes from like spooky werewolf shit to spooky, like I don't want to say Lovecraftian, but there are a bunch of people with tons of eyes and weird like tentacle stuff in that game later on. <laughs> Yeah, I believe that's all the questions we have here. Let me just double check. I did check the Twitter, uh, not the Twitter, the email a little bit. That's still empty as hell. (laughs) Yeah. uh, That's fair. Yeah. But the only thing there I have, like I mentioned at the beginning, is uh, my little twist on the Artist of the Week little thing, because I do want to talk about, like, the one fanfic creator of uh, Owl House stuff that I've actually paid attention to.
0: Okay, sure thing. And,
2: yep, she goes by Elena, I think? Elena Doom, E L E E N A D U M E, all one word. Uh, she is the creator of the Locked Out fanfic, which is set as like an alternate continuity after when like witches, but before the season one finale stuff happens, where Luce basically, there's like I guess it's like a weird like time thing here because it's like we're not really sure how much time has passed by the time that the season one finale really happens, but it's like it basically is just set like oh Luce is about to go home after the summer. And, like, Amity has, like, second thoughts about, like, not really, like, telling Luz how she feels, so she runs in through the door with her, but they both get staring in the human realm because Lilith is, like, instructed by the Emperor to show up and destroy the door, and it's basically, like, the first, like, real bit of fanfic I've ever, like, she read, and it just alternates from, like, the sweetest, cheesiest, like, th- uh, women-loving women kind of nonsense to really grim analysis of what Luz and Amity's trauma over... <laughs> but a lot of people assume is like, lucy has been bullied a lot in school, which is why she's, like, the way she is in episode mm-hmm. one. And also, like, Amity's impossible to read standards put upon her by her parents. There's even a really good, like, I don't want to say side plot about NNM, but, like, they definitely are in, like, some chapters where they get a little bit of that, like, really lashing back at their shitty parents as well and for not caring about, like, how Amity's yeah. stuck and everything. And we also, it also is, like, the bit where we get a lot of, like, can be being a good mom even if she's not really aware of what the struggles with at school because Luce just kind of compartmentalizes it a lot. And yeah, uh, this was also just weird timing on my part because like I found this like weeks after I came back from my really bad visit to my parents back in August in Pennsylvania. So it was like really strange timing of like, <laughs> oh God, I'm processing a lot of stuff and I'm reading this that's also processing a lot of stuff. Jesus. <laughs> wow. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunately not been updated since, like, chapter 17 in September, but she's mentioned that she wants to continue it. It's just, like, taking a little bit longer, because she's trying to not, like, cram it. She's not trying to rush it, basically. So it's, like, hopefully she continues on, because, like, where she had left off, it was, like, basically her take on, like, how they actually, like, tell each other that they like each other. And it's, like, it's, it's, it's different, obviously, than, like, the way that the show goes, in terms of, like, when they tell each other they like each other, but it's, like it's still very fucking cute how they like tell each other their feelings it's good but yeah i I want i want to do that just as like a little commemoration because it is our 10th episode and it's also the season one finale so i want to do something a little different
0: awesome well thank you so much for that yep um in the future, if anybody has questions for us, we are at UsWeirdosCast on Twitter, and you can also send those to usweirdoscast at gmail.com, an email which has so far exclusively been used for spam. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, it's mostly, it's mostly just some Twitter messages of, like, you have a different login, because, again, new computer and all.
0: Or <laughs> that's
2: where I that's where I straight up keep the list of, like, uh, fan artists that I plan on talking about in the future.
0: I just put <laughs> a list there. That's all it's used for. Um... Well, before we go, uh, Mike, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh,
1: yeah, so you can find me on Twitter, at Mike Uh, No S at the end, because <laughs> uh, it wouldn't yeah, fit. Yeah, I keep
2: forgetting that. Um,
1: <laughs> Wait, is, is it really yeah, just yeah, because so
2: just, there's a letter limit in display names on Twitter?
1: Yeah, no, it would have been Loves Rabbits, but there's, yeah, it, it would have been one too many letters for Twitter. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Mike loves rabbit, and you can hear me on uh, a couple of podcasts on the Auto Entropy Network. First, Teenagers with Attitude. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, for more than half a decade, I've been on a podcast that has uh, talked about Power Rangers from the beginning. Uh, we're going to keep doing it until we either get tired of it or we get to the end of the show, which won't take like getting to the end of Power Rangers. Considering it's still going, is gonna would take us like another twenty years. <laughs> so like that's not the danger. The danger is just like us getting us deciding we don't want to do or, it anymore. Or all dying. Basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, yeah, but we've we have gone all the way through uh, the Zordon yeah. era. And it is a podcast that has uh has been uh, going long enough that uh, when we started, <laughs> when we started it was Purely a collection of seemingly cis males, and now like half the <laughs> cast is trans. So like, that's the that's it, the kind of show that it is. How,
2: like most millennial friend groups
1: go these days, though. <laughs> kind of, yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, some of those from people uh, joining the group, but some some of them no. Some of them are people who were already there. Um, so yeah, that that happened, uh, and that's if if you want something like this, that is just people watching a kids show and just. And well, frankly, overthinking it to uh, <laughs> to try and get laughs out of it. That is, uh, that's *Teenagers Attitude*. The other show I've I've been on is an actual play podcast called Idol on Playtest*, and uh, it was designed to uh, to playtest uh, a uh, a game made by uh, my friends Luke and Molly. Uh, it was initially a PBTA hack, but they're working on a new version that's going to use like tarot cards instead of oh. dice. Uh, the idea is it was supposed to be a system inspired by JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and the Persona series. Just this idea of, like, summoning manifestations of your soul to get into cool anime <laughs> battles. And, uh... It's, it's two shows. Uh, Idle on Pop and Idle on Rock. I'm on Pop. Uh, and, uh... It's about, Pop being about a, a team of college kids who wind up in an alternate dimension that can fuck with reality and then getting up to all sorts of wacky shenanigans. And then, uh uh on Rock is uh, more of the JoJo thing, and it's about uh, some low-level mobsters from Vegas going on a road trip while being chased by assassins, and then event and then eventually the two stories converge and shit gets utterly crazy. Um, it wound up being two seasons long, and we just wrapped up the second season recently, uh, and we're about to do you know a, a collection of mini series, each themed on musical artists that uh, our patrons uh, uh, basically paid for <laughs> and chose for us. And then we're going to eventually do uh, season three, Uh, but yeah, it's it's a very fun. It's uh, it it again. Each each of my shows will give you something kind of like what you're getting here. The the actual the the discussion of a kids show uh, angle is for teenagers with attitude. And if you just want something that's very gay and very sad, then uh, then Idol on (laughs) Playtest is the show for you. Um, and yeah, it's it's just it's a it's a it's a fun time. I'm really proud of both of them, Uh, and. Yeah, that's 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 about it for S- me. Suddenly,
2: our so, talks about maybe doing like all of Avatar is less uh, imposing compared to all the Power Rangers you've got. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, again, we we decided to st- and we started at the beginning because that's the part of Power Rangers anybody cares about. But we we picked a show that like not only did it start like more than twenty five years ago, but it's still going technically, right. <laughs> uh, and it, it's. You know, hey, it's like that. We're not in danger of running out of material <laughs> at the very least.
0: Awesome. So, well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute delight.
1: Thank you for having me. Yep. I, I, I'm sorry if I kind of overtook things a little bit for a lot of it. No, no, uh, it's fine. Uh,
2: you gave both of us an excuse to like take a break from talking a
1: lot. <laughs> <laughs> Honest, yeah, that that can be a nice thing. I have. I have uh, been on an occasional two-person podcast, and, and it and it can be rough to keep keep everything uh, going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, thank you thank you so much for having me. It's it's been Honestly, a delight. Any
0: time, it's been wonderful. Yep. Um, for what it's worth, uh, you can find me on Twitter at patch underscore jacket. Where these days I am mostly just sat on Twitter, aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately.
2: <laughs> yeah. And- yeah, pretty much. God, it. I had to think for a second about my new handle. Yeah, you can also find me at uh, Quill on Twitter as well. I still keep saying I'm gonna keep posting a lot of pictures of my roommate's cats, but I really just share them in the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, it's, it's really just more me just, like posting on there about like more shitty political stuff and also just a little bit of like Ellen Ring because it hey, turns out everyone is a good game.
0: <laughs> well, I think at this point the only thing left to say is uh, remember. Us weirdos, weirdos have, to, weirdos stick have together. to
2: stick together. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.